prevented from sponsoring new candidates from overseas in light of a Home Office investigation into alleged alleged student visa fraud at institutions across the UK. Police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. The motorcyclist in his 30s died on the old A421 road near Marston Mortain just after 7am. He was riding a blue and white Yamaha towards Brogborough when he was in collision with a grey Audi A4 as he approached the junction with Woburn Road. The leaders of the campaigns for and against Scottish independence have been setting out their arguments in a live televised debate in Glasgow. With just over six weeks until the referendum, Scotland's First Minister Alex Salmond went up against the leader of the Better Together campaign, the former Labour Chancellor Alistair Darling. A snap poll, t- stay, a snap poll taken straight afterwards suggested Mr Darling won the debate. These voters are still undecided. I just want pure facts so everyone can sit there and say, right... And then let choose yes or no. I'm getting nothing to say for my children. There was a little bit more substance there, but there's still not enough. It's the second day of a three-day planning inquiry to look into the extension of a Romany gypsy site in Bedfordshire. The Golby family want to expand their living accommodation in Studham to accommodate their growing family. More from Sophie Solaria. The original plans for Valley View on the Hemel Hempstead Road was to add another static caravan and two touring caravans to the ones there already. Residents in the area argue that the proposal will be harmful to the Greenbelt and there are concerns around antisocial behaviour. But the Gypsy Council say the family qualify for gypsy status and are covered by the Race Relations Act. Researchers say healthy people in their 50s and early 60s should be encouraged to take aspirin each day to help them avoid contracting stomach and bowel cancer. They say the benefits greatly outweigh the risk of internal bleeding and strokes. In sport, Watford's Algerian World Cup defender Saeed Belkalem has joined Turkish side Trabzonspor on a year's loan. The weather, a cloudy and wet start, but the rain will clear during the morning to leave a brighter afternoon, a maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Simon, 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 before you go, I'm thinking of uh, uh, electing a new hero for this show. Man alive, that um, uh, Bernie Eccleston, what a man, huh? That's not bad, is it? So he's in court for bribery charges, Mm. so he pretty much bribes the court by giving them 60 million quid. Yes, yeah, nice to be in a position to just to make that sort of donation. But ha- have you ever met Bernie Eccleston? I haven't. No, I've been in a, an interview um, in a room when he's been sort of addressing the media, but not uh, uh, not on a one time. I've met him. He's the tiniest man mm. in the world. You could fit him. He could hide in the turn up of your trousers, and you'd never know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Simon. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts, and bucks. Only friendly. Oh, it's got everything you want. It's all about where you live. It's just a lovely place to live. Everybody's friendly. And all this week, we're featuring Amptill and Flitig. Flitig is a good community, small town, with everything you need there, from a supermarket to a swimming pool. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Seriously, man, that Bernie Eccleston, what a guy! He's so small. I met him years ago, and his then massive wife, and his then massive idiot of a daughter. Sorry, did I say that out loud? He's, I, didn't say, I didn't say her name, so you don't know I'm talking about Tamara, so it's not like, oh no. Now it's libelous. It's not. I could prove it in a court of law. He's so tiny, Bernie Eccleston, honestly. He could wear my watch as a belt. Honestly, he's so wee. He's in court. I think this is so cool. He's in court charged with bribery. How does he get out of it? He 
bribes the court. It's not a bribe. It's within the laws of, of where is it? No, it was no, no, de, 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 but, Deutschland. De, was it Deutschland? It yeah. was um, Bavaria. Is that Germany? That is Bavaria. Aren't they clever? Aren't they clever how they get away with that? Anyway, so today we are saluting the magic of Bernie Eccleston. Other stuff, other stuff on the show. And Paul, you might like this. I've, I've worked, I've improved your already pretty darn good uh, menu. Here we go. MPs get grisly over Gaza. Mm-hmm. I did that. Residents rebel over Romanies. Yeah, that's me. And sneaky sandy spiders spark super special sexy style search. Oh, hey! Yeah, yeah! How do you kill a spider? Yeah, we're actually talking about that this morning. Then when I used to be a vegetarian. Ha ha ha! 455 is the telephone number. Call it now. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. One, two, three,
Yeah, them Beatles. Now, David Cameron is facing criticism from local MPs who've rallied in support of Lady Varsi, the former minister who resigned from government yesterday over the government's position on Gaza. On the front of the Times this morning, there's a report that Dominic Grieve, MP for, Beacons- uh, MP for Beaconsfield, has also expressed concern about the proportionality of Israel's actions. Alistair Burt, former Foreign Office Minister and North East Bedfordshire MP, says unless there is a new deal, uh, a new deal community feelings in the UK will become unsettled. I think what a resignation does is highlight uh, the dilemma in foreign policy towards Gaza at the moment, and she's not wrong to do that. Uh, that is, as the Foreign Secretary has said, I mean, how do you how do you support Israel in defending itself against a terrorist uh, attack? Well, meanwhile, a meeting is taking place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. Mark Scheiman from the local Green Party uh, is going to the meeting. Morning, Mark. Good morning. In what capacity are you going to this meeting? I'm going as a non-secular supporter of Palestine. It is multi-party, and there are many people of many faiths and many parties and many groups that are very concerned about the terrible situation in Palestine where they see uh, 1,800 um, Palestinians killed and murdered in Palestine by the Israeli troops. Israel would say uh, that they are defending themselves and their people. Yes, they they would say that. Uh, They have people penned in and there has been a group twinned with a, a uh, a village outside in Palestine for years and years because there is such desperate need and there always has been such a desperate problem with this massively overcrowded area where people are jammed into an even tighter and tighter but, but, place. But Mark, but Mark, that doesn't justify Hamas firing rockets into Israel, does it? No, there, there is no so, justification. So what are Israel supposed to do? It doesn't justify the massive overnumber of rockets that are actually hit Palestine. And what not would only you, Mark, hit Mark, Palestine, they hit UN facilities. Mark, they cause Mark, such massive Mark, murder and mayhem. Mark, what, what would you say is a proportionate response from Israel then? A proportionate response from Israel would be to recognise that they are creating the problem themselves. Well, no, hang on. Mark, they are Mark, causing Mark, the need for, for, Mark, for let, Hamas. Mark, let's have a conversation about this. Yeah. Uh, ha- the, the Hamas are firing rockets into Israel. What is, it, what is a proportionate response for Israel to defend itself and its people? Well, the, the number of Israelis that have been killed by the rockets that have managed to get through have been actually 63. But we're not... It's not, it's know, not, that, it's not that, a game that, of, it's not that, a game that, of rugby. To, to anyone on this planet, that doesn't sound balanced. OK, no, that, but the question is, what is a proportionate response from Israel, in your opinion, then? If you, uh, and I don't like the, hey, we, we've shot this many people, you've only shot this many people. That's, that's not a particularly good scorecard to keep. What would you say is a proportionate response from Israel? A proportionate response from Israel is to look at why the problem exists in the first place. Why the Palestinian people, in, in all their desperation, in all their, their, you know, this is not a country of massive resources, uh, why they have been blockaded for years, and what has led to there, there to be such popular support democratically but that, but, but elected. But Mark, that sounds, like, that sounds like you're justifying the rockets being fired by Hamas. I am saying that it is because of this situation that it's been caused. So it's a justification. If you're you're to take the fuel out of the situation, if you're to say, look, 
we realise there's a fire, and rather than putting more petrol onto it, we'll actually calm it down. So you're, and nothing's been done to actually calm this down. But, Mark, so you are justifying the rockets being fired by Hamas, which I find incredible, because no, there can't I'm be any excuse for that. I'm not justifying it, but I can understand why it has happened, because people who are being put under such terrible, horrible, blighted conditions that only you and I can stretch to imagination of, of what it's actually like to live in Well, then in surely Gaza. you can... You, if you can understand why um, the, the people in Gaza are firing rockets, then I'm sure you can understand why Israel are defending themselves by um, trying to wipe out the terrorist organisations. To, to be pointing so many weapons a nation. But then that, we go back to the know, question what's, what's this, we go back to the question what's what's a proportional response? America and the UK. But, they would not exist if it wasn't for subsidies but Mark, given by both our countries. Mark, we then go back to the question what is a proportional response? And we're going to go around in a circle because you're going to say the pro- proportional response is to is to uh, lift the blockade and it sound, really sounds like you're justifying the use of rockets from Hamas, which is No, in, I'm not justifying it because as a you're, you're, you're explaining I don't believe it. I, I understand it, and I understand why it happens in in the same way that I would have understood why Nelson Mandela, you know, led a, a, a campaign, a violent campaign initially against the apartheid system. This is the same kind of struggle, and it, it has to look at something that is different, and that is why many people in Luton are so desperately concerned about the situation in Gaza. They realise that we have a window of opportunity now where the Israeli troops have withdrawn and they are sitting on the boundaries with their weapons still pointed all the time in, sort of, go on then, just have a go at us because we'll come back again. And that isn't the kind of, in this sort of, you know, desperately ignitable situation. That isn't the kind of provocation that you actually need. What you need is for somebody to, to be wiser and, and surely it needs some wise heads to solve this problem and not just continuing down the same way. Because this has failed and failed and failed. You know, the Israel have, have been and they've invaded so many times into Gaza and surely they know that it just keeps on coming back and and if you create that kind of resentment if you have a family where their young children have been killed of course they're going to hold venom mark, of course it's harder to, to bring peace in mark we're running out of time very quickly where and when is the meeting if people want to go it's going to be at five o'clock at the Dallow road community center 243 Dallow road and we welcome people of all persuasions there will even be jews there who will be saying this is not being done in my name because there are some very brave Jews who are prepared to say this is not something we want to see happening in Gaza. Mark, I appreciate your time this morning. It's a ridiculous time in the morning. If you want to have your sound, that very simple question. What, what, what do we do? Is anybody coming out of this looking good? Who's coming out looking worse is perhaps the better question. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
No reported problems on the roads at the moment. However, still have those major roadworks in place on the M1 in both directions between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Also in Beaconsfield on the A40 London Road in both directions, resurfacing work is taking place just between Park Lane and Aylesbury End there. And also on the M40 in both directions as well. Still have one lane closed there due to bridge maintenance work taking place at Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and for the A40. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Emma. 6.17, it's uh, Wednesday the 6th of August, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears that the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. And police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Good wide age range of people. It's up and coming, it's up and coming. There's lots of new developments going on. All this week we're featuring Amptill and Flittig. It's a small town so you can come here and do all your shopping. Only friendly. Oh, it's got everything you want. Inviting everyone to where you live. I would say it's it's a very vibrant place. There's lots of facilities here. It's just a lovely place to live. Everybody's friendly. If you've got a store... Yeah, there we go. I knew that was going to happen. Uh, what, what has happened here? Let us tell them about it. It was a fantastic Whoa. Georgian town. Whoa. It's a good community. Small town with everything you need. Whoa, that was awesome. The big... Yeah, whatever. Uh, it's only the big tour thing, don't matter. I mean, oh, no, that was the big tour thing. I'm sorry. Radio man, my computer has just crashed. Don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. We can, what we do is we... we, uh, we the technical uh, term for how I fix it is I turn it off and I turn it on again. And we click on here. Oh, don't worry. Just going to log in, guys. Don't panic, Mr. Mannering. Don't panic. Uh, and by the way, guys, my password for uh, Radio Man is uh, password. That's how we do it. So there we go. And then we're going to click here. There we go. What are you coming for? Yeah, well, let me let me get me let me play a song. Let's, don't, don't panic, don't panic. It's all groovy, man. It's all groovy. It's all groovy. It's all groovy. It's all groovy. We're gonna have a little cheeky little record. Let's right. We're gonna have this. Then we're gonna have a song. If you hear a whisper, there we go. Give us a shout. Yeehaw! What? Waho. What? Do it. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. No, come in and do it. The computer's completely knackered. Look, there we go. There we go. No, we're not having any of it. It's not playing any of the songs today. Let me just try this. I have. Yeah, it'll do the voxes. It won't play the songs. Isn't that funny? Oh, dearie me. Never mind. Never mind. Wouldn't have happened under the old regime. Never mind. Never mind, Scott. I'm not blaming you, Paul. Well, good. But this would never have happened under the old regime. I can't be held responsible for your computer. Well, it, 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 it's not my computer. You're producer of the show, so technically it's your computer. Right, now, let me just see if... Um, hang on, if I put Michael Ball in. I wonder if Michael Ball will play. Hang on. Oh, we're not having that. Isn't that funny? That's strange. Let me just try this. I have... Right, that works. Let me try this. Isn't that funny? Mm. The green ones will play, not the red ones. Okay. Hang on a second. Just bear with me, because I'm I'm actually going to... What about if you put it on the bottom? Yeah, then it gets tricky. I'm not doing that for the whole show, for goodness sakes. Don't worry, don't worry. Ellis? Yeah? Do you know any songs? Um, I know some songs, yeah, sure. Well, good. Well, that's that. 
Let's that sort it out. Hang on a second. I can sort this out. Hang on, hang on. Okay. Oh, wow. We're going old school. Got the vinyl out. Right, we're going to get some vinyl out. Uh, hang on. You're getting that out after what we talked about yesterday. <laughs> yeah, oh. let's have a bit of Dills. Oh, my goodness. I never thought I'd see the day where we're being rescued by Bob Dylan. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, greatest hits. You've not got much to choose from there. Second worst singer-songwriter. Yeah, you're right, actually. <laughs> the thing is, we've got, we've I think got, I'd rather have Bowie. Well, the, the thing about Bowie is it's, it's, uh, the Bowie album is an album from the 80s, which means it's very low volume. Very oh. low volume. Really? Yeah, low volume from the 80s albums. Here we go, here we go. <laughs> Hang on a minute, we've got Best of Rod Stewart here. Here we go, right, love this. Hang okay, alright. Is that how you clean your records? It's how I clean uh, BBC Three Counties <laughs> records. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Okay, okay. Don't panic, Mr Mannery. Right, so we're going to have you, and then we're going to put it on... We want track three... Oh, I think you need to change the speed. I don't know, just, 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 just queuing it up. Right. <laughs> Hang on. That's really quiet as well. It's the beginning of the song, there. Yeah, but it... Oh, is it going to get louder? Feels like it. It's not peaking very high on here. Let's see, when he starts singing, if it's still low, then we're, we're in big trouble. I've given you Oh, yeah, that'll do. Of my heart. But there's someone who's torn it apart. And she's taken just all that I had. But if you want, I'll try to love again. Guys, don't panic, don't panic, just rebooting.
He is a silly old sausage, isn't he, Rod Stewart? But fair play, he knows, he, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got some beautiful ladies in his life and you have to respect that. Now, while we're w- waiting for the computer to reboot, I think we are in a position to broadcast just. A Romany travelling family is fighting to expand their living accommodation on their own land in Studham, Bedfordshire. A three-day planning inquiry started yesterday after huge opposition from local residents over their plans to build a static caravan and two touring caravans along their current accommodation. Well, Paul uh, Scoyne's joined now, Paul, tell us about the background to this. Well, Ian, this land is owned by uh, Mr and Mrs Golby. They're currently uh, living there on the site in a detached single-storey day room and static caravan. They've also got some decking and uh, they've put some hard standing down as well. There's some uh, touring caravans and motor vehicles there. And the Golbys have been there for about three years. However, over the past few years, their daughter, son-in-law, their nine-month-old grandchild have also moved in with them. And they said they've outgrown their home. They want to expand. Now, the original planning application was for another static caravan and two touring caravans to be added to that land, plus some more hard standing to sort of park those vehicles on. But that planning application application was met with a fair bit of hostility and opposition from local residents to such an extent that uh, they asked the Secretary of State Eric Pickles to step in and uh, take the unusual step I suppose of ordering a planning inquiry to be held and that's uh, uh, what's happened yesterday the first day of three days. So what's what's their beef what's the problem? Well they say that the sites uh, the, the residents I should uh, the, the sort of residents outside of the uh, uh, the travellers' sites say that the land's in open countryside, areas of woodland, occasional clusters of buildings, and effectively on the green belt. And um, they say, you know, it's in agricultural use and, and falls within the, the uh, South Bedfordshire area of outstanding natural beauty as well. And um, that's one of the main arguments that the ward councillor Richard Stay, who's a, uh, also sort of one on Central Bedfordshire Council, but also uh, Studham Parish Council, uh, they are, they're objecting as well. And um, they say it would be harmful to the green belt. They also say there's concerns regarding antisocial behaviour uh, and that it would also be the fourth Trepsian traveller site in the Caddington Ward, the other um, being nearby. And those arguments were put forward by Richard Stay yesterday and uh, opposed by the Gypsy Council, who are representing the Golbys. So the Gypsy Council, uh, they, uh, they're obviously disagreeing with, uh, with this view that's been put forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, their argument, they say, is that Mr and Mrs Golbys, their, their daughter Jade and her husband are well connected with the Valley View site, which is the sort of name of the site. They're members of the Romany Gypsy community by birth and by culture uh, and therefore qualify for Gypsy status. And they also say that uh, as Romany Gypsies, they're covered by the Race Relations Act. And they say that they've uh, in no way 
way cause disruption, there's no, been no disturbances or antisocial behaviour, and that also that Jade needs to live near her parents as her father's very unwell and she needs to be with him to, in order to care for him. OK, well, Justin uh, Dealey has been out to speak to people in Studham. Everyone he spoke to doesn't want extra villagers, uh, extra travellers in the village, and there was only one person who went on record to say that. Here's why one local doesn't want the application to be passed. I have lost, personally equipment from the allotments and i know of other people who have now i'm not going to say i'm not going to say it's down to the travelers but you don't know because we have found them on the site and they're just asking questions about oh is that scrap richard stay he's uh, he's with you on this one that must fill you with some sort of confidence surely that does um in particular because of uh, richard stay's attitude towards Studham over the development of um, Harper's Farm with 27 new houses going in. I thought you wanted new houses. Uh, Not ones that are going to cost £1 million. He's definitely upset the majority of the people of Studham with what he's done with moving a business out of Studham to create jobs, but it's created them in slip end and all that we're suffering now is noise permanently from the new building society uh, site etc well later on we'll be speaking to ward councillor richard stay we also made repeated attempts to contact the gypsy community for a comment but they haven't got back to us and also central beds council are unable to comment while the inquiry is going on bbc three counties radio let's get the travel Travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio Still no reported problems on the roads. However, a few roadworks in place this morning that may change that as the morning goes on. On the M1 in both directions, still have those major roadworks in place between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. This will be affecting traffic to and from Luton Airport. Also in Beaconsfield on the A40 Wickham End, some temporary traffic lights in place there just near Aylesbury End. And also on the A40 Oxford Road in High Wickham in both directions. There's a lane closed there between Archway and Temple Street due to roadworks. I do expect some delays there. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. And police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. The motor- motorcyclist in his 30s died on the old A421 road near Marston Mortain just after 7am. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford defender Saeed Belkalem has joined Turkish side Trabzonspor on a year's loan. The 25-year-old played for Algeria in this summer's World Cup. Stevenage are to host six Tottenham games in the under-21 Premier League this season. The Spurs matches at the Lamex start on Monday, August the 18th against West Ham and also include fixtures against Manchester United, Chelsea and Manchester City. Luton defender Alex Lacey has been given the number six shirt as the Hatters revealed their squad list yesterday. The majority of numbers remain the same from 
last season. Paul Benson will wear number nine. The returning Andy Drury is eight. Elsewhere, Celtic will be hoping to overturn a 4-1 first leg loss when they meet Legia Warsaw tonight in the second leg of their Champions League third round qualifier. England's cricketers complete their preparations today for the fourth test against India, which starts tomorrow at Old Trafford. Batsman Ian Bell says they're feeling good after the win at Southampton. The confidence in the team has still been there all summer. The results haven't come, uh, which sometimes happened. But yeah, I think for a lot of the guys to get their first win is, is was a massive learning curve for them. But yeah, for all of us, it gives a lot of confidence coming to Manchester. But, you know, like I said, it's, we've got to start all over again and do hard work again. In cricket's minor counties championship, Buckinghamshire's Matt Rance took seven wickets as Bucks won by 32 runs away to Lincolnshire. Hertfordshire lost to Cumberland by six wickets at Longmaston and Bedfordshire lost by nine wickets away to Staffordshire. And in rugby, the former Bedford Blues prop Ben Cooper has signed for Premiership Club London Welsh. Cooper was due to join Cambridge but will now link up with London Welsh who were promoted last season. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. so sweet So I turn myself to face me But I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strange changes Don't wanna be a richer man The 
If you hear a whisper, uh, give us a shout. It's true. Do that. I love the front page of The Sun. Mm. So a teacher, allegedly, let's all tread very carefully, but a teacher at a top private school has been accused of trying to run away with a teenage girl. He allegedly groomed for six months. Whoa. I know. I've missed out what The Sun thinks <laughs> is the most important part of that story. Let me read that line again. Okay. So it started off, a teacher at a top private school has been accused of trying to run away with a teenage girl. He allegedly groomed for six months. This is what I've missed out. A 20-stone teacher at a top private school has been accused of da-da-da-da-da. The headline is, 20-stone, sir, fled with teen girl. So the thing there isn't that a teacher may have run off with... It's a fat fella that's done it. (laughs) That's the the thing that's wrong with that. It's a fat fella. He's a big guy. He's a big guy! He's a big guy! There's a story in the Times today, Ian, about um, how robots are going to take over... Pretty much everything. About time. Well, also, it's saying that nurses and teachers time. will survive, but those in white-collar jobs will probably be edged out. And they're not saying, you know, in 50 to 100 years. They're talking 10 years. What colour is my collar? Um, well, it's checked. No, not l- well, literally my oh. collar, my work collar. I, d- I never understand the blue collar, white collar, grey collar. Well, blue collar is traditionally uh, the sort of manual, skilled... Factories. Factories. Yeah. As in blue collar, because you're probably wearing overalls. Right, okay. White collar, because you're probably wearing a shirt, you know, like, you know. So I'm a teacher. So you're a teacher. I'm a fat teacher. But apart from those jobs, like teachers and nurses... Well, what collar... Well, yeah, okay, you still not answered the, the collar question for me, dude. Experts predict that doctors, accountants, lawyers and the rest of professional classes are to be supplemented Radio by presenters? artificial superintelligence. You, can you hear me? Is this on? Because I'm, I'm saying stuff to you and you're just ignoring it. Under the old regime, I would have been listened to and respected. We're going to get the presenter bot 2000. And I'll just say AKA that... AKA David Priva will be coming in. will be uh, more um, willing to listen. That's what Fucking I'm saying. Heck. I'm not being funny, Swayze. We'll chat about this off air after the show, but... I'm not here after the show. What do you mean you're not here after the show? Where are you going? Show and go. No, mate, you've got to do the setup for the tomorrow, and also we're going to have a post-show meeting, no, or I'm going to I'm tell not, you where you're going. Not here for the meeting. Wrong. No. Why are you not even looking at me? Just look at me. I'm not respect me. No. <clears throat> you've got a story. This is a trial period for you. No, wasn't part of my contract. Okay, uh, fun fun stories here. 19 problems only Brits suffer. Brits are renowned for their stiff upper lip and never complaining. Although I'm complaining. That even goes for the Times... Anyway, so there's a Twitter account, so very British, uh, which picks out British problems. Have a listen to some of these. (laughs) Using a tablespoon to stir your tea and feeling wrong. Yeah? Mm. The quiet shame of trying to open the window on a bus and failing. (laughs) Yeah? Hating a new haircut but telling the barber, yeah, it's great. I do that all the time. (laughs) Not all the time, because the girl that does my hair now, Vanessa, is awesome. But I've done that in the past. Your quiet sorrow as someone makes you a different sandwich to the one you ordered. I'm not getting anything from you. Ellis, put your headphones on. You, you, you're, you're doing this for me now. I'm doing what? Oh, for goodness. What is going on? 
You're, you're right. You button it, Scoins. I'm having bounce with you now, Ellis. Okay, let's bring the bounce. These are uniquely British problems. Okay. Tapping the unlit train door button to show you're in charge. The unlicked train door button. How's this review? Unlit. Oh no, I get it. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not a joke. You said, "Looks like we've had our summer then for the past two months." Do you get it? It's not a joke. These are things that are unique. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can I have someone who is not Scoins or Ellis to do the papers with this morning, please? Please. I'll try another one with you. Okay. I wish I hadn't complained about Kelly now. Um, okay, I'm gonna find a good one. I'm gonna find a good one. Not knowing anyone's a party, so pretending to do something on a phone. Oh yeah, I do that. When? When I'm at a party and I don't know anyone, so I pretend to do something on a phone. Not hearing someone for the third time, so just laughing and hoping for the best. Yeah, one of my best friends does that constantly. I can't hear what she says, but we have quite a good friendship. <laughs> you keep out of this now. No, you but seriously keep out of it. She's really shy. What's her name? Melissa. How long have you known her for? Over ten years. Where did you first meet her? At secondary school. What does her what does her dad do? I've no idea. Yeah, you've just made that up to try and be part of the gang. Right. This is really not good. This is not good. This is bad form. Bad form from you. Okay. De- and Scoins. Yeah. This gig may not be as permanent as perhaps you thought. That's not what I've been led to believe. Yeah, yeah well, <clears throat> I've actually not signed the new contract yet, so I've still got a little bit of uh, power. Oh eight four five nine four double. Sorry, you're hearing this uh, this on air. This should be done off air, of course. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Looking for someone with a little bit of life, personality, and maybe even a bit of spunk to come on the air and do the paper review with me. What have you got? Um, have you ever been back on holiday? The same. Yes, place? I've been on holiday. Because I've been on holiday. What does that even mean? Gone holiday. You gone holiday. It's a holiday. Of course yeah. I have. You know it's a holiday. Oh, we go somewhere else. Maybe uh, abroad. Yeah, foreign country, or, been... or 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 uh, I wouldn't go a, a caravan or a hotel. Yeah, been on holiday. All of those places are valid holiday destinations, but David Cameron, the Prime Minister, I'm doing that story now. What? I'm I've turned to that story. You're okay. You folded the page in a different place. No, I'm doing this story. <sighs> you folded it on the folding. All right. Fridge. Okay. 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 You do the story. Then I'll do the story. Okay. And we'll see who does the story best. Okay. And Ellis, you'll be the judge, okay? Okay. Away you go. <clears throat> well, there's. Not uh, off to a good start. Hmm? A certain degree of. <clears throat> Basically, David Cameron has gone to the same place twice and he's taken the holiday snaps and they're both the same. He's gone to a fish market and there's two, two fish pictures of fish. You let me know when you finish, mate. I can, I can still hear you blowing bubbles as you're drowning. I'm, I'm done. OK, so there's a great story. Page 21 of the Daily Mail, if you want to read along at home. Deja Blue. 
This is brilliant. So, um, uh, David Cameron and his uh, wife, uh, Sam Cam, who I've got a little bit of a weird crush on, in a similar way that I had a weird crush for Cherie Blair, uh, they have gone to uh, a fish market for their holiday. Very, very nice. They've got a picture of them. I've not gone there for the holiday. That would be insane. But they've gone to the fish market as part of their holiday, and there's a picture of them at the fish market. Well, what the male have done is, brilliantly, they found a picture from last year when they went on holiday, and they also visited a fish market, and they also had their picture taken. And here's the thing. They're wearing identical clothes. Ever been to the same place wearing the same clothes for your holiday whilst you were Prime Minister and his wife? 08459 455 555. Ellis, whose was best? Right, well, yours had more colour and detail, but I enjoyed the... Sorry? The... Like detail about the clothes, I enjoyed yeah, that bit. Yeah, but I think Paul really what? brought it to life. Yeah. Pro- Thank you. Are you taking the mic? Are you no. serious? No, I can really picture it when he. Right, I can get Kelly's suspension lifted like that. I don't know what you want me to say. Well, you t- yours is better. Yeah, it thank you. It wasn't Paul. Thanks. Now you've made me press the wrong button. Both of you are. Don't even say anything. <clears throat> you should probably go next door, mate. I'm, that's, I'm way ahead of you. Well, yeah, you, you, you wish you were way ahead of me. Oh, flipping heck. Emma? Hello. So I'm really sorry about this. Just bear with me, but um, your former colleague and probably future colleague, Ellis Glossop, is being a right muppet this morning. Oh, oh. Oh, I don't know. I won't have a bad word about Alice. Right, you can stop it as well! Right. What's going on here? Right, hang on a minute. Oh, don't whisper in my ear, Ellis, because seriously, you don't know... You don't know the truth about the hierarchy here. Where's the... Right, that goes there. Right, let's get the travel and nothing else. I want any opinion or anything. It's the travel from the new girl. I don't know her name. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the North Orbital Road at Brickhill, we've got the normal build-up at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout there. Also in Beaconsfield on the A40 London Road in both directions, there's resurfacing work taking place between Park Lane and Windsor End, so there may be some delays there later on in the morning. And in West Wickham on the A40 Oxford Road, temporary traffic lights in place there, just at Old Oxford Road. And also, if you are going into London this morning, there are currently severe delays on the Piccadilly Line going westbound between Cockfosters and Hammersmith due to a signal failure at Caledonian Road, so that is most of the line so do allow a bit of extra time for your journey. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, got control back. 6.47, it's Wednesday the 6th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Bird, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears that violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. And police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather now, shall we? Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. It's a rather damp and wet start to the day. There's a lot of cloud around as well, but the good news is it looks like it's clearing eastwards. May still have some rain out towards parts of East Bedfordshire, for example, or North East Bedfordshire, but it is moving quite quickly eastwards. We've just got some cloud at the moment, but eventually that will thin. It'll break. We'll get some nice sunny spells, and it's actually going to be quite warm later. Still one or two scattered showers. One or two of those could be quite pokey, but a maximum temperature getting up to around 24 Celsius. Overnight, any showers will die away eventually. We'll get some lengthy clear spells. May get a bit of mist developing those clear spells. The minimum temperature not quite as warm as NARS last night, which was really muggy. The temperature didn't drop down much further than 17 Celsius. Tonight, likely to be 14 or 15 Celsius. For tomorrow, a quieter day, sunny spells and feeling warm. Maximum temperature for Thursday, 24 Celsius. Things turn progressively unsettled as we head through Friday afternoon. Some showers likely, sunshine and showers for Saturday, then the potential for some wet and windy weather for Sunday. And that's your forecast. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Hardcore. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you know the difference between your silly point, your gully and your slip... Caught behind second ball, reaching for a ball he really shouldn't have been playing at. Then Friday afternoon is going to be right up your street. Nick Coffer. I'm going to be live from Amtill Cricket Club as they take on the Lashings World Eleven. You'll hear from cricketing legends such as Philip DeFratis, Corey Collymore, Chris Schofield, Sakhle Mushtaq, Devon Malcolm. Plus, as part of our big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks, I'll be finding out about some locally made jam and delving into the history of Flittick and Amptill. Nick Coffer. Live from Amptill Cricket Club, Friday from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. That came out of the blue, didn't it? Oh. 08459 455 555 is the phone number if you want to uh, carry on with the paper review with me, just me. And also, how do you go about killing spiders? No, trust me, trust me. We'll speak to Dilly after this. To be an empty space, a photograph without a face. But with your presence and your grace, everything falls into place. Just please don't say you love me, cause I might not say it back. Doesn't mean my heart stops skipping when you look at me like that. And there's no need to worry when you say just worry. Heavy words are hard to take Under pressure, precious things can break And how we feel is hard to fake So let's not give the game away Just please don't say you love me Cause I might not say it back Doesn't mean my heart stops skipping when you look at me like that and There's no need to worry when You see just where we're at Just please don't say you love me Cause I might not say it back I'm fools rushing And I've been a fool before and this time I'm gonna slow it down Cause I think this could be Just 
That's a very pretty song, isn't it, Just? Oh, beautiful. Really absolutely pretty. beautiful. I feel uh, romantic this morning oh, now. I feel a little bit romantic this yeah, morning. Yeah, now. absolutely. Listen, the last... Justin, thank God you're on the show. Yeah, a voice boss. I can trust, a voice yep. that is reliable, a voice that will never let me down. Pay-per-view this morning. Hey, mate. Whew. I Ouch. mean... What is the etiquette for getting stuff removed from the iPlayer? Is, is uh, there a... You have to go and speak to a member of the management. They then oh, go and speak loses. to somebody in Birmingham, <laughs> and then a decision is made. Or you can just phone them directly and uh, take a chance. OK, all right. Thank you, mate. Anyway, listen, <clears throat> we, let's put that behind us. Let's have some classic bands. Yeah, yes, you ready? Yes, yeah, I'm ready. Spiders! Yes! We're going to be speaking to a man later on in the show that's got... He's got loads of horrible spiders... I know, this yeah. is local radio. <laughs> he's got loads of horrible spiders <laughs> living in his bin. It's a horrible story. This is uh, Peter Wrigley. He's uh, from Sandy in Bedfordshire. And he is convinced here, and you're going to be talking to him live, he's convinced that one of his bins outside his home contains at least 12 different species of spider, including, get this, a white widow. Horrible. Can he not just um, boil the kettle and pour it in there and kill them? I mean, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. It sounds a bit harsh, but most people, uh, well, do they enjoy killing spiders? I cannot touch spiders. The tiny little money ones, I can just about do... Um, but there was a spider in the kitchen the other night. Oh, I pooped myself. It was horrible. Yeah, I hate them. It's amazing when you think just how small they are compared to us, but uh, we're scared of them. I accidentally killed a spider about four Good. weeks ago. Good for you. And I have to say, I felt guilty for about two or three no. hours off the back of that. No. I ha- really did. How do, you, do, do you have a technique for killing spiders? Well, no, because <laughs> I, don't, I don't like to kill them. What, oh. well, what I try and do is get, is get a bit of tissue paper, get them on the tissue paper, and then put them outside, you know, do, do things the right way. I get the thickest book I can find. Ironically, it's it's often the Bible, mm. and crush them against the wall with it. <laughs> oh dear, and then oh I have to get toilet roll and I wrap it around my hand about 10, 11, 12 times. Mm. So there is no danger of their horrible putrid uh, bodies touching my nice human flesh. Yes. And I scrape up the innards and I flush it down the toilet. Oh, it's horrible. And you're telling me you didn't feel guilty for doing no, that? No, 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 Come no, no, no. Let's, let's, You've let's, got a heart, haven't you? Let's wipe... What, what do spiders do? Oh, they eat flies. Who cares? I'm not bothered by flies. Still a living creature. No, we mate. are becoming a brutal radio station because uh, JVS yeah. last week talking about killing his pigeons oh. and uh, now here we are talking about killing spiders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. By the way, dear listener, if you've got a, a spider killing technique, 08459 455 555. Also, call that number if you're one of those hippy dippies that you can get all these eco-friendly spider catchers, can't you? So you mm. capture them and then you release them into the wild. They'll only come back in again. <laughs> Well, Ian, I've been on the streets this morning. Got some audio coming up here. Uh, just to warn people, this is very harsh, and it contains a spider myth, which I'm fascinated by. Uh, here's what happened on the streets this morning, Ian. Good morning, sir. From uh, Ian Lee's Breakfast Show. How would you kill a spider? Uh, by squeezing it. Yeah, I think. It sounds to me like you're a bit of a, a serial squeezer, if I'm being honest with you. 
Are you a cereal squeezer? No, no, I'm not a cereal squeezer. Yeah, my my grand grandma told me that when I'm when the spider is killed, it rains. So I'm trying not to kill spiders. That's a great myth. Have you killed a spider this morning? No, I've. Uh, I hope no. Why is it raining then? Uh, maybe some some someone other killed the spider. Be honest with me right now, okay? Did you squeeze a spider to death this morning? Absolutely not. Uh, um, I don't know anything You're about lying. this. I don't know anything about this. You're lying. You did, didn't you? Mm, not on purpose. For sure not on purpose. Maybe there, there was a spider on the floor or on, on a walkway, but I didn't do it on purpose. Uh, I wouldn't kill a spider. Uh, it's cruel. Stamp on it. You're a harsh man, aren't you? Yeah. Kill a spider? Just, I don't kill a spider. What do you think about those people who do kill spiders? They're stupid. Are they going to hell? Uh, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah, when I kill a spider, put me foot on it. Would you not feel guilty for doing that? No. Good okay. for him. Good for him, Justin. Excellent stuff. We'll speak later. Heidi's in Biggleswood. Morning, Heidi. Good morning. How would you kill a spider? Um, I wouldn't personally, no. Are you scared? You're a coward? No, but that's what my cats are for. Oh, really? Yes. How many cats have you got? A few. Oh. How many is a few? Um, Five? No. More than three? Yes. Do you live on your own? Uh, yes. Well, that's not by choice. No, uh, no, no, but, okay, you're, 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 uh, I take this with the, the love it's, it comes with, are you a mad cat lady? No. Oh. So Not yet, no, like... well, Yes, well, three, well, uh, so, you've got four, uh, right. and they kill spiders, do they? It's a little snack for them. See, my cat doesn't, she kind of plays with them and then lets them go, but they're wounded, so that, suddenly you've got an angry spider walking around the house. Well, I'm, I'll happily let you have one of my boys, and um, he'll so, do the job for you. Okay, send them round. What are your cats called? Oh, really? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah. Monty. Yeah. Dudley. Yeah. Daisy. They're, they're all end with E. Yeah, apparently that's what you're supposed to do. Really? What? Yeah. Why? Because that's the kind of sound that they respond to. Hang on, your name's Heidi. <laughs> Is that the kind of sound you respond to? Clearly. Heidi, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. She gets the cats. She sends out the hit squad to uh, get rid of the spiders. Man alive, I feel no, uh, nothing bad about killing spiders at all. They are awful, awful, hideous creatures. And the sooner we eradicate them from this planet, the better my life will be. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 going anti-clockwise, it's looking slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And also on the North Orbital Road, still looking very heavy at Bricketwood for the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And also if you're going into London this morning, there are severe delays on the Piccadilly line going westbound between Cockfosters and Hammersmith. So that is most of the line there. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Emma. It's a mixed bunch this morning, guys. We're talking about spiders and how to get rid of those awful, awful, awful hideous creatures. We'll also be talking about Gaza as well. There's a protest taking place in Luton, the Friends of Palestine. Well, what do you think about what's going on over there? Who's coming off looking worse? 08459 455 555. 
local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, MPs warning on Gaza crisis. University of Bedfordshire can recruit foreign students again. An inquiry into Romany Gypsy site. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in local communities in the three counties. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. Mr Burt was responding to the resignation nation yesterday of the Foreign Office Minister Lady Varsi. Unless we find a pathway through this, which can only be done to a return through the Middle East peace process and urgently and without anyone allowing the parties at the end of the day to walk away without, uh, without a deal, unless we do that, then yes, uh, community feelings are going, to be, are going to be unsettled by all this. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. The university had been prevented from sponsoring new candidates from overseas after a Home Office investigation into alleged student visa fraud at institutions across the UK. Police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. The motorcyclist in his 30s died on the old A421 road near Marston Mortain just after 7am. He was riding a blue and white Yamaha towards Brogborough when he was in collision with a grey Audi A4 as he approached the junction with Woburn Road. The leaders of the campaigns for and against Scottish independence have been setting out their arguments in a live televised debate in Glasgow. With just over six weeks until the referendum, Scotland's First Minister, Alex Salmond, went up against the leader of the Better Together campaign, the former Labour Chancellor, Alistair Darling. A snap poll taken straight afterwards suggested Mr Darling won the debate. These voters are still undecided. I just want pure facts so everyone can sit there and say, right and then let choose yes or no. I'm getting nothing to say for my children. There was a little bit more substance there, but there's still not enough. It's the second day of a three-day planning inquiry to look into the extension of a Romany gypsy site in Bedfordshire. The Golby family want to expand their living accommodation in Studham to accommodate their growing family. More from Sophie Solaria. The original plans for Valley View on the Hemel Hempstead Road was to add another static caravan and two touring caravans to the ones there already. Residents in the area argue that the proposal will be harmful to the Greenbelt and there are concerns around antisocial behaviour. But the Gypsy Council say the family qualify for gypsy status and are covered by the Race Relations Act. Researchers say healthy people in their 50s and early 60s should be encouraged to take aspirin each day to help them avoid contracting stomach and bowel cancer. They say the benefits greatly outweigh the risk of internal bleeding and strokes. In sport, Watford's Algerian World Cup defender Esaid Belkalem has joined Turkish side Trabzonspor on a year's loan. The weather, a cloudy and wet start, but rain will clear during the morning to leave a brighter afternoon, a maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I would say it's it's a very vibrant place. There's lots of facilities here. And all this week we're featuring Amptill and Flitic. It's one of the nicest places to live. If, for me, it's the best place to live in Bedfordshire. It's all about where you live. I think of a choice. I don't think I'd ever think about going anywhere else. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past seven. It's getting dark. It's getting darker earlier. No, hang on. In the mornings, it's getting lighter later. That's it, yes. It was still dark at half past five this morning in Luton. Winter's on its way. Ah, Christmas. Lots coming up on the show this morning. In a minute, you'll get to hear an interview I did with a cameraman who has been filming in Gaza. Adds a little bit of colour to the uh, story. Can you get your thoughts on what's happening over there? Who's coming off looking worse? Because no one's coming out of it looking good, are they? Also talking about what's happening in Studham and uh, some travellers want to do something and some people are unhappy about it. Here's the best one, though. <clears throat> How do you kill a spider? We've all got we've all got our techniques. Mine is a big heavy book, often the Bible or a dictionary. And lots of toilet roll, tissue paper. Or as my boy calls it rolling paper. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three so, Radio. Give him another chance. So, Scoins, maybe you remember yesterday, I was, during the show, I wasn't paying attention to any of the guests or any of the features. I was booking tickets to go and see uh, a movie called The Nut Job. Oh, yes, Ian. Yes, I remember that. I um, booked tickets to take my two boys. Uh, the youngest, the two-and-a-half-year-old, was actually um, very nauseous yesterday, so couldn't go. So I've added that ticket to the bill that we presented to him when he's 16 years old. Um, uh, £6.50 for a cinema ticket unused. Yep. If he'd have gone, I was happy to pay for it. Okay. He, wasn't, he was throwing up, so he couldn't go. So I'm not paying for... Why should I pay for that? Well, it's, a, it's absolutely fair. He, he was throwing up. He had a stomach bug. Well, I'm sorry, son. You've got responsibilities. He should have made that clear to you before you booked the ticket. Thank you very much indeed. My, exactly what I said to him as he was um, throwing up and crying. Uh, so I took the eldest... We went and saw the nut job, and I seem to remember you saying it had very, very poor reviews. In well, fact, you were sending me texts all day with the poor reviews. Absolutely. Uh, I believe that one of them was from Empire magazine, very well-respected uh, film magazine. Snobby, uh, snobby, arrogant rubbish from Empire. Oh, oh, it's not in French and black and white. Oh, so we're going to give it one star. Well, no. One star was the uh, the, the Guardian had given it one oh, star, it, remember, it's, right? it's not about um, refu- lesbian refugees in wheelchairs. We're going to give it one star uh empire magazine said endless wordplay and dumb slapstick do not a rewarding yeah. animation make and then they said yeah. pun ishing because they made lots of puns in yeah it. yeah there weren't that many puns in it and guess what four-year-olds and 41-year-olds like slapstick we like seeing squirrels getting flung about the are there any cartoons i'd like to see some real ones we like seeing squirrels getting flung about in the air and um flying around it's it's fun guess what guys it's fun me and my boys well, my boy the other one of course is um is in the doghouse he better be well today he's got a lot of work to do that chimney ain't gonna clean itself me and my boy, we were lolling. We were mega lolling in the cinema. It really was a lot of fun. Lols, by the way, is um, laughing out loud. If you were to award it on a point system, maybe a star system. Yeah. How many stars out of five, let's say? Two and a half. Two and a half. So not really that great. It was fine, it was fine for a 90-minute for movie. But the thing is, we've been spoilt this year. We've had um, t- 
two of the best children's films of all time. Two of the best five children's films of all time have been released in the last six months. And uh, another one that's in the top ten. Okay. So, the one in the top ten, Mr Peabody and Sherman, right? Not, not seen it. Well, no, because you're, you're a loser. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, so that's in the top ten. I'd say it's probably the ninth best children's film of all time. The two in the top five... Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome. It's the Lego movie. Oh. Great film. It's it? blowing my mind when I saw it. Isn't it good? It's amazing. And it works. It's a kids' film and it's an adults' film. It questions. It's the, incredible. The, the, it questions what it is to be alive and the, yeah. uh, the whole existence. Why are we here? What's Have it all it? about? Is God really real or is there some doubt? Really? It's incredible. Mate. And I'm not even not even a slightly bit being joking. It's it's being it's joking. a fun action film for kids. It's a complete existential mind blow for adults. Okay. Yeah, man. Right? So that's there. Mm. And I'd say even better than that. Mm. Frozen. Oh, what a movie. I have seen Frozen. Yeah? I went to see Frozen with uh God children. Is that right? Yours? Yeah. And what did you reckon? I, I thought it was alright. Do you want to build a snowman? There's <laughs> a lot of songs. It's a musical. I didn't really get that. Let it go, let it go. Yeah, that, that was one of the songs. I like the moose in it. It's a reindeer, isn't it? Yeah, him. Reindeer moose. Which is it? It's a reindeer. Oh. Oh. I like the reindeer. Top five, really? Yeah, totally. Frozen is awesome. I think Lego Movie is better than Frozen. No, mate. Nah. I quite liked Wally. Wally. Oh, I love Wally. Oh, for goodness sake. Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, what? That's fine, I'm finished that section. Yeah, you are finished, not just that section. Hmm? Go and do some political reporting. I've really missed that. Yeah. Really missed it. Oh, no, I Oh, eight, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. David Cameron is facing criticism from local MPs who rallied in support of Lady Varsi, the former minister who resigned from government yesterday over the government's position on Gaza. Alistair Burt, North East Bedfordshire MP, says unless there is a new deal, community feelings in the UK will become unsettled and Dominic Grieve, MP for Beaconsfield, has also expressed concern about the proportionality of Israel's actions. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. 08459 455 555. Well, earlier this week, I spoke to Gavin Campbell. Gavin is a cameraman and you'll probably have seen his footage on the BBC 10 o'clock news. He has been in Gaza filming stuff. He told me what it was like there. It's a war zone. Mm. And, and, and that sounds slightly trite and slightly obvious, but, but Gaza is a war zone. Um, the, just the level of destruction is extraordinary. Entire neighbourhoods have been flattened. Um, it's very rare to see a building that hasn't been scarred in some way. There is a constant noise um, there is a constant noise of drones overhead. They sound like small helicopters or, or lawnmowers. There is the constant noise of bombardment. And that bombardment, it's not like you see in the films or hear in the films. It's not uh, a massive boom. It's almost like thunder, actually. It's a, it's a, it's a slightly strange sound. And that is everywhere. Um, 
as I say, in, entire neighbourhoods have been flattened. Um, Gaza is an incredibly densely populated area, you know, 1.7, 1.8 million people in, in a very, very thin strip of land. Almost everywhere is built up by its very nature. You know, I think the television pictures and the still images and, and the reports coming out in newspapers speak for themselves. The, the level of despair and, and destruction and pain that's being felt by the civilians um, in Gaza is, is extraordinary. Is there, is there, and I don't know if you're married, if you've got a partner or whatever, is, is there not a part of you that, that thinks, I don't fancy this, or, or people, your family say, Gavin, really, you want to go there? Of course there is, and, and, I, think, and I think that hesitation and any um, fear or apprehension is a good thing, because ultimately that does keep you safe. However, that, it, it is a job, it is the job that I signed up for. There are lots of other people who do far more dangerous jobs. Um, and indeed far more noble jobs as well. Wow. You look at some of the aid workers in, um, in places such as Gaza and other conflict zones, they don't necessarily have the infrastructure and the support that we have. So yes, it's a consideration. At no point does anybody pressure you no. into doing this. You sound very calm. How, how do you kind of, I know you're out of Gaza now, how do you kind of distance yourself or detach yourself from what you've seen? Part of it is, is, um, is experience and you learn from your mistakes and you recognise those, those signs that, that you need a bit of time to come to terms with it. Look, I can, I can leave. I can choose to go back. Um, the, 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 the Palestinians in Gaza cannot do that. I have colleagues there who cannot do that. I have colleagues and friends on, on the Israeli side as well. It takes time. The adjustment does take time. There's a slightly strange thing that happens as a cameraman where you are at one point detached from what you're seeing because you're literally seeing things through a lens on a, on a small approximation of a television screen, and in my case, in black and white, because my viewfinder is black and white. On the other hand, you are literally zooming in and focusing in on things. Mm. And there's no, there's no shame in being a little bit jumpy when you come back. No. But as I, you know, as I said, I had the option to leave. Uh, that's cameraman Gavin Campbell. It's a fascinating story. Uh, and um, we should, let, let's find uh, his blog again, and we'll, we'll retweet it. He writes about it, and it really is a, a fantastic read. If you follow at Ian Lee and at BBC360, on Twitter, we'll, uh, we'll put it up there. Who's coming off worse? There haven't... There is an argument. There is an argument that's going around uh, that the BBC and some of the media outlets, the British media outlets, are being pro-Palestinian and anti-Israeli. There have been kind of... Um, uh, kind of ridiculous claims as well of anti-Semitism from the BBC. I don't think that's true. I think you can be anti-Israel and not be anti-Semitic. That, that, that's pretty obvious. And if you don't believe that, well, that, that, shame on you. Uh, but I guess the kind of the press has sort of been pointing out the, um, uh, uh, the, the Palestinian side of it. Guess because it's so horrific, I suppose, because the numbers of people dying are significantly higher than those of the Israelis. But can you judge it like that? Can you, you? It makes me very uncomfortable, this scorecard. I don't know what the latest figures are, but it's something like 1,800 Palestinians versus 130 Israelis. It, 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 keeping a scorecard makes me very uncomfortable because any life that is lost is a tragedy, isn't it, really? Who's coming off worst? And, and what would you do to sort it out? Do we have sanctions against Israel? Do we force them to uh, go and uh, have talks? It's Hamas, I think, were the latest ones that weren't going to meet face-to-face. 08459 455 555. I'm just getting... And I nearly said it. I nearly said we're getting the latest score in. God, isn't that horrible? 
1,800 Palestinians, 67 Israelis. That's uh, according to uh, the Gaza officials. Okay, We should look at the United Nations uh, website because that will... um, Although some people are now disputing what the United Nations are saying. Your thoughts on it, please. That's the BBC website, is it? Thank you, Paul. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The roads are starting to pick up a bit now. On the M1 going southbound, it's looking slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And on the M25 going anti-clockwise, it's now queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also a bit further round, it's queuing also between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. And in Boreham Wood on the Barnet Bypass, it's looking slow going southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And if you are going into London this morning there are severe delays on the Piccadilly line going westbound between Cockfosters and Heathrow Airport due to a signal failure so that is most of the line there so do be prepared to allow a little bit of extra time for your journey. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much we were talking yesterday about the voiceover man saying beds, hards and bucks he does it going into the travel he does it going into the travel Right, 7.17, it's uh, Wednesday, the 6th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears that the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. And police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Morning. Princess, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. With football, no day is just a day. December. It's a day where memories are made. I think something has to, will have to be done and uh, I will have to look uh, the situation very closely. December the 17th, 2013. In sports news, Gianfranco Zola has resigned as manager of Watford. Betting has been suspended on who will become the new Watford manager as Italian Giuseppe Sonino is backed in at 6-1 to one on. As far as I have seen, is a, is a manager with a lot of character who will make us work very, very hard. With three counties sport, we'll make every day memorable. The 2014-2015 season starts on Saturday, August the 9th on BBC Three Candies Radio. 08459 455 555. Now, a Romany travelling family is fighting to expand their living accommodation on their own land in Studham, Bedfordshire. A three-day planning inquiry started yesterday after huge opposition from local residents over their plans to build a static caravan and two touring caravans alongside their current accommodation. I'm joined now by Ward Councillor Richard Stay. Morning, Richard. Morning. So what happened yesterday, the first day of the inquiry? Oh, it was a strange uh, um, situation because the, the, the usual planning inquiry format is uh, an appeal by somebody who's had a planning application turned down, um, and it's normally um, the applicant becoming the appellant, um, usually citing the local authority who's uh, turned the planning application down. Uh, this one was, uh, was a new one on me, an application by uh, this family to expand their, um, their, their, the site at um, Bagnall Road in uh, in Spudham, uh, which is 
probably closer to Hemel, um, was called in by the Secretary of State, who decided that Central Bedfordshire was not in a position to uh, uh, make a decision um, on the application. So called it in and appointed a planning inspector um, who started sitting yesterday morning. So why did Eric Pickles think that, that Bedfordshire wasn't in a, place, in a position to make a decision? Well, the site, in my view, and in the view of the residents that live in the area, is not an appropriate one for um, a, a, an expansion of a gypsy site. It's, it borders onto Ashridge. It's uh, a, a site of huge um, landscape value um, and is covered by just about every protection you can think of. Um, locally, we have a very significant number of, 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 um, of, of gypsy and traveller pitches. Um, to be honest, we, we felt this was just one step too far. So you don't want any more gypsies and travellers? Uh, that's not how I would phrase it. How would um, you phrase it? The ward that um, <clears throat> I have the honour of representing has uh, a very significant number of uh, gypsy and travellers pitches already. We have um, a site at Timberland and Slip End. We have uh, something like about 30 or 40 along the A5 in Caddington and Kensworth. Um, and we felt this was just one step too far. We've already seen a significant increase in the number of pitches in the last uh, year, which was the right thing to do. Bedfordshire uh, gave it the thumbs up. Is, is it... Um, uh, how can I phrase this sensitively? I can't, so I'm just going to come out with it. Is it uh, uh, covert racism to, no, to, to refuse any more travellers? No, not on the contrary. Um, and one, of the, one of the very strange things uh, uh, that, that emerged in this um, process yesterday was that... Uh, if you or I were to refuse to live next door to somebody of a different uh, ethnic background, we'd probably be quite correctly accused of racism. Um, there are other options for living in um, on the Gypsy and Traveller sites in, in Bedfordshire, but because uh, this is a Romani um, family, they would point blank refuse to live on a site with Irish or um, English Gypsies, which is which I just find quite extraordinary. So they're the racists, in your opinion. Uh, well, it's, it's an extraordinary view that if, I suspect if I said I would be refused to live next door to somebody from Pakistani background, um, I would quite correctly be accused of, of racism. Um, uh, but the, the different rules appear to apply in this case. So do, do you think that, that these Romanis are racist then by, by not um, wanting to live with travellers of other backgrounds? Well, it's clearly a cultural thing, and I'm, I, I'm not going to call them racist, no, but it, it does appear odd that... Um, different sets of rules do apply for different uh, parts of the community. This, um, th- this static caravan and the two touring caravans, it would be on the family's own, <coughs> uh, own land, and it, there are acres of land. It's quite a big place. Th- 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 there's room, isn't there? <coughs> oh, there's, there's plenty of room, but um, I, I can tell you that uh, I probably have several thousand constituents who would love to buy a piece of, uh, of, of field, green field, and <coughs> build a house on it. So... I, I'm, I'm, I would apply inequality rules to this, is that if you or I can't build a, a house on a field, why should a, a different part of the community but, be able but to do that? they've gone through the appropriate channels and been given permission to do it. Uh, no, they haven't been permission. Um, Central Bedfordshire did not approve the planning application. It was, it was intending to, but the Secretary of State took the decision out of their hands and called it in because he wanted to decide for himself, which is why the planning inspector is uh, sitting. We've, we've had Nigel Young uh, on the show, um, a councillor in charge of traveller sites at Central Beds Council, mm. uh, and he's told us that the demand for sites in Central Beds is desperate, that there needs to be more, doesn't there? Uh, it does. Um, I, I absolutely support Nigel's position in that. Um, so where would they go? Well, there has to be a has to be a, a, a test of reasonableness on, on this, um, and I, the point that I have made, and the point I think that um, other people locally have, have made, is that 
locally we have significantly more than the average uh, ward in central Bedfordshire already has. We've just seen a significant increase for, for entirely appropriate reasons at uh, Jockey Farm and on Greenview on the A5 in Caddington. That, that, that's fine. So um, you've got enough? Uh, well, we've got... You don't want any more gypsies or travellers or Romanies there? We think we've it does sound a little, it does sound a little racist, doesn't it? We don't want any more of these types of people here. Uh, quite the contrary. That is absolutely not where we're coming from. What I'm saying is that we we think we've done our bit. We have we have we've seen a significant increase. So you are saying you've got that. enough, and you don't want any more there. Well, it's no different from saying that you any other type of housing in lo, in, in the locality. Well, um, it, it, it could be looked that way, Richard. It could also be looked at the same way of saying we don't want any more blacks or Asians here. Uh, no, that's 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 arrant nonsense. Uh, absolutely not where we're coming from at all. There are parts of central Bedfordshire that do not have any GNT uh, sites on them at all. We're saying that, um, that, 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 that within the Caddington ward, uh, there are something like 30 or 40 pitches already, um, and we would not be prepared to see a, a brick-and-mortar house built on, on this site. Why would we, we'd be, uh, would, why would we allow a gypsy um, site to be expanded on it? That's it, a simple point. Is it right that the gentleman, Mr Golby, he's very sick and he wants his daughters near him to help him? Well, I can absolutely understand that he wants the family around him, but the neighbour told me yesterday that he was out on his horse and trap yesterday. You can, I think you can still ride a horse and trap whilst very poorly. Uh, yes, but the, his, his, um, his advocate was, uh, was saying that he has health issues. So you don't believe his story? Uh, I have no reason to believe it or not believe it. Uh, what's going to happen today, day two? And uh, what do you... Th- yes, what do you think is going to happen today? Well, yesterday we, um, the, the inspector took evidence from um, the advocate for, um, for, the, for the applicant and that, that evidence will be uh, completed today and then the evidence will be heard from Central Bedfordshire Council. Um, and it's, a, 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 I think, a, you understand, a slightly odd situation that as a member of Central Bedfordshire, um, I'm not in agreement with the evidence being given by my own local authority. So that's interesting. So you're, you're not... You're, I mean, it is quite a bold move of you, Richard, to come out uh, against the people that you work with. Uh, well, my primary role is to represent the people that elect me, um, whether that's in um, contradiction to what Central Bedfordshire as a corporate body believes. Um, that's, that's, I'm entirely happy with that situation. OK. Richard, I really appreciate your time this morning. Let, let's, uh, let's talk about this when, when the decision is made, perhaps. Pleasure. Thank you very much indeed for your time. That's uh, Ward Councillor Richard Stay. If you want to have your say on that, 08459 555555. I do like someone who can come on and take a robust questioning. And he took a robust questioning. Well done, you, Richard. I like that. They're all they're all learning. Ian. They are all learning. It does we seem had, that um, oh, who was the fellow from the, the, his name's gone from Luton yesterday? Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor came on and took a robust questioning. They're learning. Good. This is good. They're upping their game. It means I need to up my game. Good. Yeah. I like, you, you definitely need to up your game. Really? Yeah. And that's not even a flippant. That, I mean, that's a fact. I don't know what you're laughing for, Ellis. You haven't even started being on the game yet. That came out wrong. Your game. Your game hasn't begun. You haven't even... Uh, you haven't even... You haven't even... Um, not on the court yet. Sorry? Not even on the court I'm yet. not talking about tennis. You haven't even got your game out of the box. It's a board game I was referring to. Not... Oh. I was... You were thinking of... T- I was thinking more of a, a board game. I'm bored. Yeah. But do you know why? Hmm? Boring people get bored. Is that right? Ha! Yeah, I knew that my mum saying that to me 36 years ago would at some point be useful. I just didn't know it would be today. So, yes, no. Got that? Yeah. 
Sure. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Are you a fan of spiders, Goins? Fan of them? Some people like spiders. Who would. What deranged pervert would keep a spider as a pet? I oh, come and look at my tarantula. Yeah, don't drop it. It's got a really... Fra- I'll, I'll chuck it across the room and it, it's fragile exoskeleton. Years ago, I went to see a lady who lived in <laughs> Bletchley. Ooh, and she and she's kept, now your wife. Yeah, she kept spiders and I'm not... Not just a few. She had a room dedicated to spiders, and there must have been. She estimated somewhere in the region of a thousand spiders. Where? Just in the room, running in, around. In in the room, yeah. Were they in a cage or anything? Yeah, they were all in in glass. Cages, imagine if that. Boxes. Imagine if you're having a, a gunfight, and someone shot that glass case, and all of the water. But no, hang on, not the water. All of the spiders mm. burst out. They would have burst. Out. Or imagine if you're you're asleep in there, and you wake up one morning, and you go to feed your spiders, right? And the glass case is sealed. All of the spiders are gone. That is literally, literally the worst thing that could ever happen to anybody in the world. I hate spiders. My fear, and this is this is a genuine fear. My fear is to wake up one morning and my mouth feel a bit dry, and then like a family of spiders crawl out of my mouth. Imagine that. That's my fear, and that could probably happen. It probably has happened, and I've just not realised it yet. So, how do we get rid of these guys? Oh eight four five. Not not you two, but that's. After the show, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel. News listen, listen. Beds, beds. Cards and bugs. He says hearts. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 going southbound, it's still looking slow between Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And on the M25 going anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also queuing between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. And in Boreham Wood, the Barnet Bypass is looking slow going southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And if you are going into London this morning, there are severe delays going westbound on the Piccadilly Line across most of the line between Cockfosters and Heathrow Airport. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears that the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. And police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. The motorcyclist cyclist in his 30s died on the old A421 road near Marston Mortain just after 7am. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Watford defender Esaid Belkalem has joined the Turkish side Trabzonspor on a year's loan. The 25-year-old played for Algeria in this summer's World Cup. Steve Nidger to host six Tottenham games in the under-21 Premier League this season. The Spurs matches at the Lamex start on Monday, August the 18th against West Ham and also include fixtures against Manchester United, Chelsea and Manchester City. Luton defender Alex Lacey has been given the number six shirt as the Hatters revealed their squad list yesterday. The majority of numbers remain the same from 
from last season. Paul Benson will wear number nine, the returning Andy Drury number eight. Elsewhere, Celtic will be hoping to overturn a 4-1 first leg loss when they meet Leisure Warsaw tonight in the second leg of their Champions League third round qualifier. England's cricketers complete their preparations today for the fourth test against India, which starts tomorrow at Old Trafford. Batsman Ian Bell says they're feeling good after the win at Southampton. The confidence in the team has still been there all summer. The results haven't come, uh, which sometimes happen. But yeah, I think for a lot of the guys to get their first win is, is was a massive learning curve for them. But yeah, for all of us, it gives a lot of confidence coming to Manchester. But, you know, like I said, it's, we've got to start all over again and do hard work again. In cricket's minor counties championship, Buckinghamshire's Matt Rounds took seven wickets as Bucks won by 32 runs away to Lincolnshire. Hertfordshire lost to Cumberland by six wickets at Longmaston. Bedfordshire lost by nine wickets away to Staffordshire. And in rugby the former Bedford Blues prop Ben Cooper is signed for Premiership Club London Welsh. Cooper was due to join Cambridge but will now link up with London Welsh who were promoted last season. BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at eight. If you hear a whisper give us a shout. Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. By the way, we are um, celebrating the magic of um, Bernie Eccleston today. The man's a legend, isn't he? He's a maverick. He's a legend. He's a midget. I mean, he's tiny. I think probably can't say midget these days. Anyway, he's he's so wee uh, that uh, you, he could hide in the turnips of your trousers and you wouldn't know. That's how he travels around the world in his wife's uh, hem of her skirt. Anyway, he's on trial in Germany for bribery charges. Right. Guess how does he get out of it? He offers to pay them £60 million! These, these bribery... I can't do a Bernie Eccleston voice. I've met him. I don't know... I can't remember how he talks. Anyway, I won't do the voice. But he, he, uh, Yeah, th- these bribery charges. Uh, how about if I gave you £60 million? Pounds? Would that be OK? Yeah, sure. No worries, dude. We can ask the question, when has money ever got you out of a sticky situation? When has money ever got you out of a sticky situation? The one time I was threatened by a gun. Well, I say threatened by a gun. No, not the one time. The second time I was threatened by a gun. I was once threatened by a rifle by a member of the Pakistan army. Wow. Yeah, tough guy. Tough guy. Not that tough. I was pooping myself. In a dark alleyway, suddenly some soldiers appeared in Pakistan, by the way. They weren't just over here trying to invade. Um, uh, and uh, they, members of the Pakistan army uh, stopped the tuk-tuk I was riding in, ordered me off, and in their strange, strange wonderful foreign language, uh, which I could only swear in and say pigeon and count to ten, wow. they uh, pointed a rifle at my chest <gasps> and shouted at me. Terrifying. It was, it was, it was terrifying. Did it, you bribe them? No, I didn't. But the one time, I, the other time I was involved in gun crime, well, this wasn't a crime in Pakistan, it was legal, they had the army do what they want. I was involved in gun crime. I went to my friend Steve's house. Late at night, I was staying there. I was knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Uh, and eventually, Steve opened, white as a sheet, and there was a gentleman with him with uh, a, a rounder's bat, not a baseball bat, a rounder's bat. And I didn't think anything of it. I bounded in. All right, Steve. Hey, what's going on? Hey, guys, what's going on? Let's get, get some FIFA on. And um, this fella, it turns out, was roughing my mate Steve up. Whoa. Yeah, he'd been sleeping with the wrong lady. Oh, he'd been sleeping with his lady. And uh, he was roughing him up, okay. And uh, he said, right, my friend with a gun is going to come round. Yikes. The thing, what we should have done, of course, there were two of us, and we should have rushed this fella and his rounders back. We didn't. What I tried to do, I tried to do two things. Uh, the first thing I did, I did them at the same time, so simultaneously. First thing I did was in my pocket, I had my phone. <gasps> so I dialed 999. Whoa. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I was saying to my mate Steve, so Steve, what's the address that this man with the gun is going to come round to? <laughs> 
And he twigged on eventually. Oh, it's number six, Warrington Close. I'm just making this address up. I hope that you, if someone lives in Warrington Close, number six, I hope you've not been the victim of gun crime or indeed rounders crime. Anyway, so we're dying, and we're thinking, I'm being really smug, thinking the police are going to turn up soon. You are in trouble. The police didn't turn up. His mate with the gun turned up, mm. although we never actually saw the gun. Mm. We just saw a bulge in his pocket, so maybe he was pleased to see us. Could have been. It was his coat pocket. Well. I must have been very pleased. <laughs> we never saw the gun. And when they went, I said, where the flipping hell are the police? Right. I turned out, got my phone out, I dialed 666. <laughs> what do you do? The number the, of the beast. The beast was on his way to make... Anyway, during that, that, that siege, I've never called it a siege before. <laughs> well, it sounds good. It was. During that siege, I offered... To, I said to this gentleman, look, I can go and... I can withdraw £500 uh, on my... Do you want £500? <laughs> and he got very, very angry at that suggestion. Really? Yeah, he got very angry at that suggestion. He didn't want the £500. I, I have... tried to buy my freedom. I've uh, bribed a border official to get into a country before. Wowzers. Mm. I hope it's not a good country. Um, no, it's Romania. <laughs> well, no, it's a good country. but Racist. At, at the time, no, I mean, what? at the time... Well, now, now, now you, they'd be bribing them to come out. You wouldn't. They can come here for free and it, take our jobs and our wives and our children and our school places and our doctors and the, our benefits. At the time, it wasn't a great, uh, it wasn't a great place. And uh, basically, we were on a train into into Romania, yeah. and the border guards wouldn't. They stopped the entire train uh, until we gave them some money. Okay. Which we had to do, otherwise, you know, the passengers were looking at us, getting a bit shirty. Okay, and, and we're not in any way suggesting that what Bernie Eccleston has done is bribe anybody. No, no. He's just paid sixty million pounds to get let He's off. Ended a trial. Yeah, to, to end a trial. So, when have you bribed somebody? Oh wait, not saying he has. He's just paid money to. When has money got you off the hook? He was, oh wait, he was accused four, five, of it. Nine. You know, he hasn't got through it. Four double yeah. five five double five is yeah. the telephone yeah. number. We can talk about that. You can also give us your thoughts on Gaza and who's coming off worst. Uh, and how do you kill a spider? Now, there's a story. I think it's in the Sun, the Super Soraway Sun. <sighs> about, well, it's about a couple. Oh, dearie me. Bride looks dialectable. It doesn't work on any level, does it? <laughs> this Dalek, this Dalek. How can you start a story like this? This Dalek was guest of honour <laughs> as two Doctor Who fans took the plunger for a second time. They took the plunger! <laughs> But you can't start a story this Dalek. So, there was this Dalek, right? Looking less scary than usual, I don't know. In a bow tie. Oh, that's humiliating. We don't dress animals or robots. The TV baddie carried the rings as Paul and Joanne Seymour renewed their vows. Paul 55 showed complete disregard and disrespect for the wedding service. I've put that sentence in, but you'll see why. By wearing a fez and a long scarf. Hmm? to redevote himself to Joanne, 52, at a church in Gravesend, Kent. They wed 30 years ago, but it's still like... Oh, jeez. They did it in a church. They wed... Where's the respect for God? Listen to this. They wed 30 years ago, but they are still like newlyweds to this day. Oh, wow, that's good. Come wow. on. That's what, good or that's really, really bad? To this day. Anyway, these guys, these guys think that they are the, uh, the bee's knees, the dog's uh, doodars. But this has been done before. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you Mr Bill Higgins. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. You had a Dalek at your wedding. Yes, but only at our wedding reception. Oh. Sorry, oh, hang on a second. If it, it, how long ago was your your wedding? Remind us. It will be eleven years a week on Saturday. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, well done, you. Uh, d- did you want the Dalek at the actual service? Was that ever discussed? 
Um, no, to be honest with you, the Dalek was a complete surprise to me on the day. Oh, man. I didn't even realise about it. It was my, um, my wife, Jill, who arranged it, I believe, about six months earlier. And uh, this was an actual Dalek that had appeared on the television, not in a Dot Two story, but actually in the uh, documentary Thirty Years in the TARDIS back in 1993. Fantastic. Um, so it was fantastic. But I felt sorry for the guy who was actually inside it because he had a little seat in there, yeah. which he was supposed to sit on. Yeah. But unfortunately, it broke oh. just before he entered. So oh. he was on his uh, crouching all the time whilst he was inside it. Oh, but, uh, but yeah, it was it was fantastic. Did he stay? Did he stay in the TARDIS for the whole thing? Um, well, oh, yeah, the Tardis, he, sorry, the Dalek, sorry. The Dalek, yeah, he appeared basically about, I think, 15 minutes before the speeches started. He had to unload it and build the Dalek in the actual lobby, and he got inside there. So he was about, so like, 10 minutes in, I think, 10 minutes in the Dalek, um, waiting for the speeches to be done. Wowzers. But, uh, yeah, it, it was good. Did, did, now, Bill, listen, you, you know I'm a fan of sci-fi, I'm a fan of Doctor Who, mm. but, but some people think, oh, that's a bit sad. That's a bit, you're a bit of a sad case. Well, did anyone think that at the wedding? Um, no, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of the kiddies didn't even know what it was back in 2003. Oh, I suppose so, yeah, yeah, it's been off air for ages. Well, this is it, the Daleks haven't been on since, what, 88, I think. Um, so a lot of them were just trying to peer through the grate to see who was in it. See, now, if you had a Dalek at a wedding now, the kids would be terrified, the kids would be hiding behind the pews. Well, yeah, w- one of our adults who was there was actually, uh, very creeped up about it. <laughs> da- Daleks are one of the most terrifying creatures of all time, I think. Uh, listen, Bill, why we've got you on the new doctor who starts is it is it september uh capaldi august 23rd oh we're only a few weeks away i am very very excited about there being a mature doctor again enough of these enough of these boys enough of these kids running around this is a man's game (laughs) you looking forward to it i am very much so um I've been watching a load of Dot 2s this year, and particularly some of the old Patrick Trout and William Hartnell ones, oh. and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it, it'll be good. It'll just change the series totally. Do you think the kids are still going to dig it? Yeah, I think so, because they'll love the monsters. Bill, listen, nice to talk to you. Enjoy your wedding anniversary, and enjoy um, the new Doctor Who as well. Excellent stuff. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Should we have a quick look at some of the front pages? Yeah, why not? Well, why not? Might as well, so it's doing it. The Guardian. Hey, I've never seen an episode of The Inbetweeners. Is it any good? Uh, my friends wrote it, uh, Damon and Ian, and I've still never seen it. There's a new, there's a new movie coming out. When, and when did we start saying movie? About the same time we started saying season. It's a film and it's a series. I was telling my boy yesterday when we were going to see The Nut Job. We're going to the pictures. To the what? I'll take you to the pictures. The what? The pictures? What? Do you mean movies? No. I mean the pictures, son. You're going to speak English proper, like what I do. Now, this is weird. Loads of the papers have got this story, Okay, Aspirin could cut cancer risk. No, it's not the front page of the Express. This is the front page of the Guardian. Daily pill for middle age could save thousands of lives. So it's a real real medical story about uh, a, a wonder drug that we've all got in our homes that could cut cancer risk, right? The only paper that's not done it is the Express. The one time they could legitimately put a health story on that's not some bullshine made up by a PR company for carrots or milk or, I don't know, clouds. And they've not bothered. Instead, they've put energy bills to soar by £130. Well, they've missed a golden opportunity. The Daily Express bucking the trend. I said bucking the trend. Uh, They've also got Jerry Hall. I drink, smoke and still look good at 58. You say that. 
I don't think Jerry Hall ever looked good. I never liked the wiry Texan. Really? I've never enjoyed the look of the wiry Texan. Jerry Hall on Mick Jagger, Botox, her new man and coping with tragedy. Perhaps it's finding romance at 58, but Jer- Jerry Hall still has the glorious looks that made her one of... I always thought she was too thin and toothy, very toothy. She was a smiler. She's, uh, you know, all the photographs you ever see her. Mind you, she's a model. They do smile. They're trained to smile. Do they still do that thing? Models? Where they carry books on their head. Well, they weren't doing it when I was doing it. Modelling? Mm. But you were, um, you were like sort of an adult model, weren't you? You were, I mean, you started off as a pant model, and then when that dried up, you took it to the next level. So I don't think the books on the head thing is really what they were looking at. Needed to have balance in that game. I suppose so, I suppose so. If you, some of those straddle poses. Uh, the Times. Uh, Tory war over Gaza. Cameron stunned by revolt from senior party colleagues. They've also got the story about the aspirin that the Express have not bothered to do. The front page of The Independent. Sir, we salute you. Stand up, Bernie Eccleston. I am standing up. Bernie Eccleston leaves a Munich court yesterday after it accepted £16 million payment in exchange for ending his trial on bribery charges. That's the best story ever. Bernie Eccleston is a walking satire. When has money ever got you uh, out of a pickle? Uh, The Daily Mail, deadly chicken cover-up. What? Six in ten supermarket birds. That's no way to speak about the checkout staff. Oh, for goodness sakes. Six in ten supermarket birds have lethal bug, but Watchdog won't say which stores. Not the television programme. It's nothing to do with Matt Allwright. It's food watchdogs. Have been accused of a cover-up. After it emerged, six in ten supermarket chickens carry a dangerous bug. The contamination is driving a food poisoning epidemic that hits at least £280,000 a year. Gosh. Now, Now we're all terrified, aren't we? Aren't we? Nah. Listen, he'll say hards. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. Thank you very much. Three Counties Radio. On the M25 going anti-clockwise, traffic is still queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley, and also queuing between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. And on the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, it's building up again. It's looking quite heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Borenwood on the Barnet Bypass, still looking slow, going southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Emma. It's 7.46. It is Wednesday, the 6th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, says he fears that the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation. And police are appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire, in which a motorcyclist was killed. 7.46, let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Good morning. Well, it looks like the majority of the rain or the main rain band has cleared away. May still get a bit up towards part of Hitchin. Just one or two quite heavy showers up there at the moment. But the rest of the main rain band has moved eastwards. We've got some nice sunny spells behind it. The scattered showers likely to continue into the afternoon. Potentially one or two heavy ones in there as well. But it is going to be warm, particularly in the sunshine. Maximum up to 24 Celsius. This evening, Some eventually some dry and clear spells. Could see a bit of mist forming, but minimum temperature down to 15 Celsius. For tomorrow, it's a quieter day. Dry with sunny spells, perhaps a shower in the afternoon, but many of us will swerve those completely. Maximum temperature 24 Celsius. Then things get all a bit unsettled and uncertain towards the end of the week. For Friday, we're likely to see some heavy showers moving in for Friday afternoon and evening. Then Saturday, sunshine and showers and potentially some wet and windy weather in store for Sunday. That's your forecast. Every weekday morning from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? And the biggest opinions. I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be taught in a structured way. You know, there's nothing better in life than real-life experience. Don't need to be patronising. Excuse me, I'm talking sorry. There's two words here. Common sense. Well, anyway, pet hate really strongly about it. We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show. Weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Oh, come round. Break your legs. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Ooh. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. The catchphrase has taken a very, very dark turn. Spiders! In a minute we're going to speak to Peter Wrigley, a gentleman who's got some, well, horrible spiders. Um, living with him. Disgusting. Dave! Good morning. How do we get rid of them? Good morning, tough guy. Well, laugh, innit? I'll, you, put, I'll you, give you a Chinese you, burn that you wouldn't forget in a hurry, sunshine. You're so, t- you're so tough against the girls and Paul in the, in the studio, against Justin, against Dennis and Matt. But when it comes to spiders... Yes, mate. You want to put your foot on them, don't you? No, I don't. I don't want my body to touch them. I want to put a big, heavy book on them. I want to eradicate them from the face of the earth. What do spiders do, Dave? Kill flies, mate. And if we didn't have spiders, our homes and country would be covered in flies. No, it, our homes and co- our homes. Let's forget the country because that's just yes. even more ridiculous. Yes. Our homes would not be covered in flies like an old piece of, of an old piece of meat in a Pakistani market. Would. You'll have all the flies flying around, but these spiders you kill are. them. Not just flies. I can they kill, kill some, animals. I don't mind. I don't mind fly, uh, flies. I can kill flies with a bit of fly spray. Oh, good. You're a tough guy, aren't you? Now you're coming along killing flies. Well, well, yeah, you should kill them in a sense, yeah, because they carry diseases, but a, a spider doesn't. I'll tell you what. Yes, Al, Dave. Go up to Whipsnade Zoo and ask the, uh, the keeper up there if you can put a tarantula in your hand. You get out of it. Why would you even suggest but, that, you criminal? But no, you, what are you talking about, you criminal? I'm telling you, go up there, no. get the tarantula in your hand, no. and I'll tell you what, you'll never be frightened the spiders right. again in your life. The thing is, tarantulas aren't really spiders, are they? Spi- spiders are like big black things that, that run around in the kitchen. The tarantula's not yeah. a real spider. Yeah, like somebody did the other morning in my house. Yeah. Um, furry Fred put their foot on him because he was laying spooled out on the floor in furry, the morning. Furry Fred put a pot on a cat? No. What? 
Somebody put their foot on furry Fred. Good. After they, years in the house... They are disgusting, horrible no, things, not. Dave. They, they Just like you. you. Don't let me come down there, pal. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, pal. I'll get a big yeah. book and crush you against the wall. You're not big enough, and when you buy you, Peter, I'll... Oh, I'll teach you a lesson, sunshine. You'd never forget. Well, good, mate. When are you going to do it? Yeah, well, whenever you want, fella. Well, yeah. Get in the car fine. park now, and I'll see you out there. I'm not joking. Well, I'm in that kind of mood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? So am I. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. Yeah? So, so stop your engine on about little... Sh- you st- yeah, OK, I've, I've forgotten about spiders. Now I'm talking about Daves. Let's get rid of all Daves. Hold on. You be careful, mate, because I hope my mate's not listening. He's a great big hefty bloke. His name's Dave. Well, so. I'll, t- I'll, I'll wipe the floor with you first, and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll batter him in the ring. You've got a mind that can't think properly. You've you got a mouth that can't me- speak properly. You could you think you could put me on the floor? Yeah, yeah. I could totally, I could totally pin you down and have my way with you. Oh, if I could finish you off in seconds. If that's you on the back of buses, well, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, on the back of buses. No, I'm a big star in beds, hearts, and bucks. Well, Not really, oh, yeah. It's only in, if we don't have complete reach uh, of the but thing. Just, but stop acting about little spiders. Oh, oh dear, 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 I know this. I know this. You're changing the subject back to spiders and not about me giving the whopping of your life, sunshine. <laughs> okay, Goodbye, no. David. Goodbye, David. Deary, deary me. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, It's one of those days. We're talking about spiders because a gentleman from Sandy is convinced that one of his bins contains at least 12 different species of baby spider. We'll speak to Peter Wrigley in a moment. But Justin Dealey has taken... You've taken this one to the streets, haven't you, Justin? Morning, tough guy. Yeah. Yeah, I've met Dave and uh, you could take him. Don't worry about that. I could get him down on his knees and finish him off like that. Yeah, he's not. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, uh, as you mentioned a moment ago, you, you like to kill spiders. You you actually get something from this. Um, I've taken this one to the streets, Ian, and again, it's pretty graphic what's coming up here. I've been asking people, how would you kill a spider? And what did they say? This. Oh. Morning, sir. What's your name? Sandy. How would you kill a spider? You look pretty hard. I don't kill spiders. I normally just grab them and throw them outside. From Ian Lee's breakfast show, how would you, how would you kill a spider, madam? Oh, gosh, with my slipper? <laughs> So you take your slipper off, just slap it. Yep. So we're on a hurry to the doctors. Yeah, I think you need help. I would step in it, depending on how big it is. If it's little and fragile, I would pick it up and put it in the bin. No, I wouldn't. They scare me. I don't go near them. The spider? How do you kill a spider? Probably crush it. I don't kill the spider. If, I, if it does my, me any harm, then I do kill the spider. I put it to you, sir. You're a murderer. No, I am not. I'm not. Sorry, it's time for me. I need to go. I don't like killing animals. I can put them on a towel and put them out of the window. We've got a man coming on who's got uh, 12 different species of spider yes. uh, in his bin in Sandy in Bedfordshire. What's your advice to him? Um, well, I admire him for looking after them so well. I think that's what's important. Feel the love. Good. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good, bye-bye, Justin. Stay there, because I want to talk to you in a second. Uh, but Peter Wrigley is the gentleman who claims to have all these different spiders. All these spiders are living in your bin, are they, Peter? It's Peter Rigby. Peter Rigby, it's, it's I do apologise. as in Eleanor. Yeah, more than one bin. We've got six bins yes. plus a recycling bin. It's a, a, it's a block of flats. Yes. And they haven't stayed in the bins. They've used the bins as incubators. Oh, 
Yeah, even warmer in there, yeah. nice and dark, and you know, just the sort of place that spider likes to lurk. What and kind of spiders are lurking there, Peter? Oh, plenty, many more than twelve now. We've um, an old mate, Dave Yendel, who's a real specialist in so many wildlife um, issues. Yes, he has been going through the textbooks and he's found some really frightening things. Tropical tentweb spider, I've seen that. A tentweb spider? Yes. Is that poisonous? Put, it is. Wait a minute, it's pretty nasty anyway. And it looks, it would make Shelob look positively pussy-like, yeah? Yeah, I don't know what Shelob is, but yeah. Put, join your middle finger to the thumb and make a big circle. Yes. That is the size of the body. Oh, what? Yes, and it has four white spots that look like eyes uh, on the back. And when it's resting or being, you know, a little oh, bit I've defensive... Oh, i just Googled it. It's horrible! <laughs> it is horrible! It's frightening. It puts its rear legs round the body and the front legs around Ooh. the back and it looks like a bit like a crab. Yes. And you think, oh, that's interesting. That's an but interesting crab. when it moves, you sort of leap back. You don't want to... And I saw it leap. It went leapt... I had it on a windowsill yes. um, in the, at the front of our building overlooking the front door, and it had got there somehow, I guess it had crawled, it had found its way up a wall when it was a tiny one, and it was eating harlequin ladybirds. Good for it, because they are not very nice things. Was this about a white widow? Yes, yeah. I found the white widow with her egg, and she was protect or oh, eggs, a big Z- plural white Z- cocoon. Yes. yes, lots of them. Dirty, and every time widow. I moved it or it moved, it rolled away. She quickly whisked it back underneath herself. And the more I showed an interest in it, the more she glowered at me. Mm. She, she sort of did got she on say, top did, of it. And, what noise did she make? Oh, I didn't hear. No. I, I probably need uh, uh, some sort of to hear spiders. I would think they're going. <laughs> And a very low register saying, you know, I would pee off or something to that effect, yeah, yeah. and I wouldn't want to Spiders argue would with definitely it. Be Are you not tempted just to pour boiling water or crush them with a Bible? No, what I would strongly suggest, anyone that has millet coming in for the birds, yes. when they're disposing of it, dispose of it sensibly. Yes. Uh, first of all, put it into a container that will contain uh, bleach with a chlorine at a addition chlorine bleach yes that will kill the eggs yeah that will kill the eggs and any little spiderlings i hate to do this i love no spiders. you don't you don't peter you love I to do it in east africa and they were all mates there but these are strangers you know it's this thing about strangers we uh, we don't take well to strangers which is sad are you racist against spiders <laughs> No, but I don't know them well enough to yeah, well, avoid being bitten by them. And we uh, we have what... And the danger is, too, yes. uh, Australia is now, with a big immigrant population, it's exporting Spiders uh, millet, and us. it could be exporting the Sydney funnel web. Peter, say that Justin... Crushing yep. a spider with a Bible, did you just say? Yes, wow. uh, I, that's wow. perfectly feasible. Of course it is. It's what God, God would have wanted. What would Jesus do? <laughs> Justin, now, I, know, I happen to know for a fact, Justin, yes. you're a bit like me. You're not a fan of the spider. No, I don't like to kill spiders, but uh, let's just say I don't like them. I don't like spiders or snakes. Right. Terrifying. Okay, well then your mission is at some point, before maybe for Friday's show, to go to Peter's house 
and uh, have a look at these spiders. What, Peter Rigby as in Eleanor? Uh, no <laughs> chance. No, no chance. but... Uh, I don't trust you, and also I don't trust these spiders. They're poisonous you, spiders you, living locally. Why have I got to go? You because you're Why my... Why you go? I'm, I am changed... Play the Bible with you. I am changed, <laughs> chained to this... Cha- Peter, would you mind if we sent Justin along to verify no, this? No, that would be excellent. Is he, a, is he a specialist on spiders, or is he arachnophobic? He's a, he's a specialist on uh, 1960s American hit records. <laughs> Very good, good, OK. But Peter... Justin, we're going to... Right, that's happening. <laughs> beds, hards and bugs. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 going anti-clockwise, it's queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also queuing between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. And on the A1 going southbound, it's looking heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Emma. When has money ever got you out of a sticky situation? How do you kill a spider? Oh, and yeah, who's coming off worst in Gaza? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, MPs warning over Gaza crisis. Court hears graphic description of Bedford killing and university given go-ahead to recruit foreign students again. BBC Three Counties Radio. Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here in the Three Counties. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. Mr Burt was responding to the resignation yesterday to do with the Foreign Office Minister, Lady Varsi. Unless we find a pathway through this, which can only be done to a return through the Middle East peace process and urgently and without anyone allowing the parties at the end of the day to walk away without, uh, without a deal, unless we do that, then yes, uh, community feelings are going, to be, are going to be unsettled by all this. A court's heard a 19-year-old musician from Bedford died after what was described as a fast-moving, violent and savage street brawl. Isaac Stone, who performed under the name Dynamic, was punched, kicked and stabbed several times in Costin Street in January. More from Jane Killick. In his opening statement, the prosecution barrister claimed the four defendants, perhaps for show, hired a white Range Rover from Luton and bought two meat cleavers from Bedford. Mr Stone was later chased, trapped and set upon. A puncture wound to his lung proved fatal. Four men from Bedford deny murder, attempted murder and two counts of possessing an offensive weapon. The case resumes this morning. The University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. The university had been prevented from sponsoring new candidates from overseas after a Home Office investigation into alleged student visa fraud at institutions across the UK. Heated exchanges dominated the first televised debate of the Scottish independence campaign last night. With six weeks until the referendum, First Minister Alex Salmond and Better Together Chairman Alistair Darling clashed over currency, EU membership and taxation. A snap poll taken straight afterwards suggested Mr Darling won the debate. Police were appealing for witnesses to yesterday morning's fatal road crash in Bedfordshire in which a motorcyclist was killed. The motorcyclist in his 30s died on the old A421 road near Marston Mortain just after 7am. 
Researchers say healthy people in their 50s and early 60s should be encouraged to take aspirin each day to help them avoid contracting stomach and bowel cancer. They say the benefits greatly outweigh the risk of internal bleeding and strokes. Professor Jack Kuzik wrote the report. Overall, the benefits for most individuals seem to far outweigh the risks. The benefits don't show up for at least five years after use. So many of the studies have reported initial early negative results only to find later that there are positive benefits. In sport, Watford's Algerian World Cup defender Esaid Belkalem has joined Turkish side Trubs on sport on a year's loan. The weather, a cloudy and wet start, rain clearing during the morning to leave a brighter afternoon, a maximum temperature 24 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Good wide age range of people. It's up and coming, it's up and coming. There's lots of new developments going on. It's all about where you live. Luckily there's a train station right on your doorstep so you can get into London quite quickly. And all this week we're featuring Amptill and Flitic. It's um, got a lot of things going for it. There's lots of positive things. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Or I'll come round, break your legs. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive, it's a mixed bag today, isn't it? The in light of the show's new sponsor, Bernie Eccleston, who got off bribery charges in a German court by... by... paying £60 million! couldn't write that stuff. When has money ever got you out of a sticky situation? I once did that thing where I tried to bribe um, uh, like a waiter in a restaurant to get me in quicker. It, it didn't go, I said, oh, excuse me, I think you've... Uh, how long will it take to get a seat? About an hour. Right. Oh, I think you dropped this £10 note. No, I didn't. I think you dropped this £10. No, I don't, I don't carry cash on me. Oh, nuts. Also talking about spiders, let's get rid of them. On a slightly more serious level, Gaza. We all know what's going on over there, but who's coming off worse? Where do your sympathy lie? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, David Cameron is facing criticism from local MPs who've rallied in support of Lady Varsi, the former minister who resigned from government yesterday over the government's position on Gaza. On the front of the Times this morning, there's a report that Dominic Grieve, MP for Beaconsfield, has also expressed concern about the proportionality of Israel's actions. Well, a meeting is taking place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. One of the speakers is Lindsay German from the Stop the War Coalition. Good morning to you, Lindsay. Good morning. We're also joined by Rafi Kaiser Bluth, Rabbi at the St Albans Mazorti Synagogue. Good morning to you, uh, Rabbi. Good morning, sir. We'll come to you in a second, Rafi. Let's start with you first, Lindsay. What exactly is, are you hoping to achieve with this meeting this evening? Well, it's one of hundreds of meetings going on around the country which are to show support for the people of Gaza. It will be discussing the political issues, how to 
get aid, how to how to help the gardens in all sorts of ways. But also we have a very big demonstration in London on Saturday uh, in support of Gaza again, and we hope that uh, many people from Luton and elsewhere in the area will come to it. So the meeting is part of a build-up towards that. Why do you think Gaza needs your support? Well, because I think what's happened to Gaza in the last month has been an absolute atrocity. There are now nearly 2,000 people dead. There are more than 10,000 buildings have been destroyed. And uh, Israel doesn't seem to take any notice of anybody when they say don't do it. And we feel particularly that our government needs to be much, much stronger in its condemnation of what has gone on. We're calling for a recall of Parliament and we want a situation where people actually recognise that we can have some influence over this and our influence should be to stop Israel doing what it's doing, and, not and sending it arms all the time. And how, what, what's what, going on. what do you suggest the British government should be doing? Oh, I think they should stop sending any arms. I think there should be sanctions on Israel. I think there should be um, breaking of diplomatic links. All of these things the British government could do very, very easily. But what is happening, Israel is allowed to get away with it because countries like the US and Britain uh, do not do this. And the people who are suffering are the Palestinians who are suffering dreadfully. OK, let's speak to... Do I call you Rabbi or Rafi? What's, what's the most appropriate? Either one is fine. OK, Rafi, it's, it's an atrocity that the British and American governments are allowing to happen. What's, what's your take on that? Well, atrocity in what sense? My question is, what is it that you think is going on here, and what is it that you think would be an appropriate response? It seems that we, we claim that, yes, Israel has a right to defend itself, but then when Israel does defend itself, they get shouted at and screamed at. Uh, and it's also this, this idea, this notion that Israel is occupying Gaza when, in fact, Israel has pulled out of Gaza in 2005. I'm wondering why we aren't shouting and screaming about the government of Hamas, uh, cutting off relations to them, stopping funding to them. Lindsay, he has Where a point, he has a point in, in that Hamas are firing rockets into Israel, aren't they? Yes, but if we're talking about Israel defending itself, this simply isn't what's going on. Uh, Israel has a major air force. It's been bombing the country for the last month. It has tanks, which have been uh, a ground force. Yes, in but Lindsay, why, why is that happening? Ask yourself this it's question. Happening. Why? It's happening because why? repeatedly, repeatedly, Israel has occupied more and more Palestinian land. As you Excuse know, me, I need to stop you right there. That is just factually incorrect. No, Israel is not occupying Gaza. Hang on a second. Israel does not occupy Gaza. Israel is not occupying Gaza. You can can repeat this as much as you like, but the truth is that the since 1948, Israel has occupied successively large amounts of Palestinian land. This is continuing with the illegal settlements in Jerusalem and in in the West Bank. And it is absolutely ludicrous to talk about Israel as defending itself when it has been attacking the Palestinians for the last month. Rafi, your response? Lindsay, can, I, can I ask you a question, please? What is it that you think that Hamas wants out of this? What is their ultimate end goal here? Do you think it's simply enough that Israel puts down its arms and Hamas will sit down and talk? Is I, that what you I, think is going I to happen? Think, I think that actually Hamas will be willing to talk to all sorts of people. The Hamas have refused. Lindsay, Hamas no, have refused. Uh, you ask me, you ask no, me I know, Do I know. at least give me the chance. Lindsay, to, you, to have had, Lindsay to you have had plenty of chance. You, you say uh, Hamas have refused to talk face to face with the, the, the Israeli parliament, haven't they? The Israeli 
percentage of the people who actually refused to go to Cairo for the uh, for the talks last week, who said they won't talk not just to Hamas but to Turkey and to Qatar, who are the people who've broken the ceasefire. They broke it last week when they said an Israeli soldier had been captured. That turned out to be a lie, and it was a lie. I think you're right, Lindsay. It was a lie. He wasn't ceasefire. captured. He was murdered. And both, he I want. I want to. Lindsay, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question murder. one more time, please. Lindsay, let me ask you one more question. If you are so certain that Hamas is willing to sit down and talk to Israel, why is it that they have in their charter that they will not be satisfied until the entire annihilation and destruction of not just Israel, but of all Jews? Now, me as a Jew, me as a human being, how am I supposed to sit down and talk to someone, negotiate with someone, when their starting position is, I do not have a right to exist? Look, Please, no, no, no. Please answer me that question. Lindsay, please answer me that question. I want to be clear. I do not have it. Lindsay, you're interrupting me now. You're interrupting me now. Please let me finish. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, Lindsay, he has, asked you a, he has asked you a specific question, Lindsay. Could you address that? He hasn't given me time to answer it. He's letting you answer because it now. I wasn't finished yet. Rafi, he's, wasn't Rafi finished you, you've asked the question, Lindsay. You, you can answer it now. The, the truth of the matter is that if Israel wants peace in the region, it has to accept the occupation that has taken place since 67, the displacement of the Palestinians from their land from 1948, and the brutal treatment of the Palestinians ever since. And until we deal with these questions, there are many, many people who believe that what Israel has been carrying out in Gaza have been war crimes. Now, until we deal with these questions, there will never be peace in the right, region. Let me, let me... And, and let us look at a state like Israel. Israel, where every Jewish person in the world has the right to go and live there, but no Palestinian okay. has the right to return to Rafi. the land they were driven off Rafi. 70 years ago. Rafi, what about the accusations that have been made that the, the old, uh, using a sledgehammer to crack a walnut, that, that, that the uh, response from Israel has been disproportionate and that they are bombing um, UN safe houses and schools? What, what's your response to that? Well, I'll start by saying, first of all, Lindsay, you did not answer my question about Hamas's charter calling for okay, destruction of Israel, but we'll move on from that in you. a second. This idea also of proportionality in warfare is, is a ludicrous argument that simply does not make sense for, for a variety of reasons. Number one, Hamas is launching from civilian areas. So what is exactly that Israel is supposed to be proportionate with? Well, it, it, but... but it, it, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. Okay, talk about, talk about the, U, the, the bombing of U.N. safe houses and schools. U.N. safe houses. How many times now have missiles been found in U.N. safe houses? As far as I'm aware, once. Three times, sir. Three times. How, How many, many times? Lindsay, let him answer. Let him answer. Lindsay, you want to talk to me about how many schools have been hit in Israel? I can go on and on and on. How many? Three civilians have been killed in Israel in this present conflict. Lindsay, is it, do you think, Lindsay, are you going to let me finish? Lindsay, let Rafi Lindsay, are you going to let me let, finish? Rafi, you, uh, listen, I'll chair this if you don't mind. Rafi, go on your turn. That's fine. The fact of the matter is, yes, there have been civilian casualties. I don't know where people get this idea that warfare is a surgical instrument, but Israel is not specifically targeting civilians. Hamas has repeatedly said over and over and over again, our goal is to rain destruction on Israel civilians. What about those four boys on the beach playing football? I have, I want to be clear. That was a tragedy. I don't know the specifics of what happened there. But that was not. That was not the intent. Is not to be attacking Gaza why, civilians. But why would is why would Israel bomb a beach? Ian, you and I do not know exactly what happened there. But the purpose of this offensive is to stop just the a, rocket know, fire and the and the, the soldiers who are trying to infiltrate target. Israel. It's an odd target to bomb a beach. 
once again, I was not there. I do not know exactly what happened. But where is the, the uproar of anybody else, of these, uh, the Hamas terrorists who are infiltrating Israel, to the specific purpose of kidnapping people, killing civilians? If you truly are, and I want to be clear, but if you truly are in su- support of human rights, why is it that you are not in support of human rights when it regards to Israeli civilians? Why are you shouting and screaming about everything else but that? Lindsay, let Lindsay respond. Lindsay? I'm, I'm absolutely in favour of human rights for all people, including all Israeli civilians. That is the honest truth. I regret the death of any single person. But you cannot compare what is happening to people in Israel at the moment with what is happening to the people in Gaza. It is simply grotesque to try and pretend there is any equilibrium, equilibrium between them. There have been three civilians killed. There have been no schools attacked. That is not true. Israel has the... Israel has the Iron Dome defence shield, which stops virtually all the missiles. So people say missiles have been fired. They know very well most of these missiles go nowhere near uh, any sort of targets. And, and the truth is, I regret the war. I think many, many people regret the war. I regret the suffering. I know that everybody who dies is a tragedy for their family and friends and for everybody else. But let's not pretend that this is what this is really about. This is about Netanyahu using uh, the kidnapping of the teenagers in June, which he claimed was Hamas. That wasn't true. Using all sorts of other things, trying to get support from governments around the world. When we know... Israel is the most heavily armed uh, country in the region. It has repeatedly attacked the Palestinians. This is the truth. Lindsay, we're running... And it's a truth that you Lindsay, may not like, but it is the truth. Lindsay, we're running out of time. I think you've had a fair crack of the way. Rafi, last 30 seconds to you, sir. Last 30 seconds, I will say that you're comparing this idea that Israel has the Iron Dome, therefore it's not fair for them to defend themselves, which is a ludicrous, ridiculous argument. Israel, if Hamas is such a poor country, where have they gotten the resources to build these terror tunnels with concrete that Israel shipped in, by the way? Where is all these food and water coming in from? It's coming in from Israel. If Israel is so intent on killing the Palestinians, frankly, I'm sorry, they're not doing a very good job of it. They're there to support and defend them. And the problem is not with the Palestinians, it's with the government of Hamas, which, again, I will be very blunt and very clear, has stated repeatedly over and on in their charter are calling for the annihilation and destruction of Israel. Rafi, now, I ask you in that place, what would you do? Okay. What would you do to defend yourself? Rafi, I've got 10 seconds on this. Just one final question to you. Do you think that uh, people who are in support of the Palestinians and are against the Israeli actions, do you think there's an air of anti-Semitism involved there? Um, that's not a question I can answer in 10 seconds, except to say, when we have countries like, say, Russia, who shot down a plane, we don't all of a sudden go and antagonize and threaten death and destruction on all Russians. But I'm questioning, why is it then when we are doing that against Israel? If Israel has done something, why are there riots in the streets all over the world calling for the destruction and annihilation of all Jews? I think you need to seriously ask yourself those questions. Why is there a difference between the two things? So you, 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 just, just to clarify, you do think there is a hint of anti-Semitism in some of this? I think it's much more than a hint, Ian. Rafi, I really appreciate your time. I hope you feel you both had uh, plenty of time. That was uh, Rafi Kaiser-Bluth, rabbi at the St Albans uh, uh, Mazorti Synagogue. And the other voice you heard there was Lindsay German from Stop the War Coalition. Very simple question. And uh, I think we can uh, understand what uh, Rafi was saying there. Is it anti-Semitic to uh, be against what Israel are doing? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M25 is still looking very busy going anti-clockwise. It's queuing between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. And on the M40 going northbound, we're getting reports of a vehicle fire just before Junction 2 for Beaconsfield. Also on the Bedford Bypass, just before the Marshleys roundabout as you head west, getting reports of Lane 2 being blocked by a van, which is causing traffic to build up on the approach there. And also on the A1 going southbound, it's quite heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the North Orbital Road at Brickywood, still got that, got that normal build-up just at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.18, it's uh, Wednesday the 6th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears that the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A court's heard how a 19-year-old musician from Bedford died after what was described as a fast-moving, violent and savage street brawl. And the University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's just sometimes you'll just be looking at a different archive. We have about 75,000 items, so you, you'll just spot someone wearing clogs or one of those sort of Poirot-esque moustaches and you, and you realise, oh, well, that must be one of the, the Belgian refugees right there. Victoria Axel is the... Oh, hang on a second. I do apologise. I do apologise. I seem to have started the World War thing, one thing, expecting it to be a trailer, and it wasn't. How rude. Let's not waste Tara's hard work. Let me play a trailer. Uh, and I wasn't paying full attention. I do apologise. I was booking more tickets to the cinema. I wasn't. I was having a production meeting. Uh, we'll, we'll play that again from the start because it's, uh, Tara's put a lot of work into that and I want to make sure we get the full benefit. This is what I was expecting to have. BBC Introducing. Rhythms of the World is one of the biggest and best music festivals the Three Counties has to offer. Well, I think it's fantastic. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And on Saturday, you can hear all of the highlights from an amazing two days with BBC Introducing, with performances by One Bit, Childhood, Josephine and the Artisans, BBC Introducing Rhythms of the World Highlights. It's amazing, like... It's a family festival. Everyone just embraces it. Saturday night from 8 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Introducing. Why is Gary Floyd doing that weird voice? It was Gary Floyd, that, that, wasn't it? That, that, that bit was at the end, yeah. Why was he doing that weird voice? I don't know. Right, this is what we were supposed to play, and it deserves the full attention, so we'll, we'll give it the run-up that it requires. Uh, this year marks the centenary of the First World War. To commemorate what happened, we're bringing you stories of some of the people who took part in the conflict and the role they played. Well, today we're looking at the Belgian refugees who came to lecture with. I don't know if you remember yesterday, I think it was, or perhaps the day before, we had a phone call from someone saying that every Belgian came to Britain. All of Belgium was evacuated and they all came here. I'm not quite sure how accurate that was, but uh, today Tara Gungafal uh, has been to look at an extensive archive held in the town which details what the Belgians did when they got here. It's just sometimes you'll just be looking at a different archive. We have about 75,000 items, so you, you'll just spot someone wearing clogs or one of those sort of Poirot-esque moustaches and you, and you realise, oh, well, that must be one of the, the Belgian refugees right there. Victoria Axel is the curator of the Garden City Collection in Letchworth. Almost 2,000 Belgian refugees came here, with many employed in the Crin and Ley metalworks on Dunham's Lane. It was founded in 1915 by Belgian diamond merchant Jacques Crin, his brother George and Raoul Ley. We've got a wonderful um, 
really large leather-bound album that was put together by the company that we, we don't get out much just because it's so large and precious and we've interleaved it really carefully with acid-free tissue. They claim that it's true that, that it was basically financed partly by this uh, million pounds worth of uncut diamonds that he smuggled with him, Jacques, Jacques Crin. Just going through the First World War folder. It's the site of the factory that's amazing because it was this six-acre site and it now encompasses the supermarket and three or four different factory sites and the site that was so large it needed a railway line of its own. I don't know what the total you know, national production was and, and how they fitted in with things. Something like 10 million or so was produced during the war. We do have the memories of a man called Maurice Etienne who was born in Letchworth, but his father, Joseph, was a Belgian refugee. That's my father, my mother, and the two youngest children. That's a wonderful That's person. Lionel, and that is Marcel. The story we have, and what little I have knowledge of him, he was in the Belgian army in the First World War. He was taken prisoner and was in a prisoner of war camp for 18 months. He escaped with five other inmates from the prison, helped by a German lady, who was quite unknown, they made their way back to the British lines. Because at that time they were classed as aliens, they were sent back to England. The Crin and Lay was already up and running in Letchworth with the intentions of making shells and, and bombs to throw back at the Germans. I suppose it was quite meaningful for these people who had escaped the war. It's, it's a harsh reality, but they were helping to make bombs that they hoped would bring peace and, and, a, and a finality to the war. Two other glass stores. Oh, for a shell. So here's, it's actually, uh, I'll read out what it says to you. It says, with Mrs. Crinan Leahy's compliments to Mrs. Gaunt, the first shell made in Letchworth. Hopefully they're telling the truth. <laughs> it's, it's been deactivated, I should have made clear. <laughs> The Westbury area became known as Little Belgium because those streets were so full of the Belgian population and uh, you could hear Belgians singing and, and dancing and all their different sort of cultural references, you know, all encompassed in that one area in Letchworth. Excellent work, Tara. Again, apologies for firing it off a little bit early. If you'd like to find out more about the role that local people and places played during the First World War, you can visit the BBC's World War One at homepage. Google it. You'll find it. Type in BBC World War One and it'll come up. You'll also be able to see and hear how World War One changed life in beds, hearts and bucks and uh, find stories, uh, hundreds more stories from across the UK. Tomorrow... We'll hear about the men who are known as the Devil's Own, who came to Berkhamsted to dig training trenches before they went on to fight on the Western Front. Lay home, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Beautiful. Uh, we've been speaking about Gaza. We had uh, two guests from different sides of the border, metaphorically to, uh, speaking. Glenn's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say, boss? Well, I, I'm a little bit fed up now of hearing about what's happening out there when so much we need to do in this country and yet we worry about uh, people in other countries I, I, I know I'm probably going to get some stick over this because war is wrong but let them, let them knock seven bells out of each other eventually there'll be none of them and then we won't have this problem it, you know if the, if the people that don't want to get involved they can always move out and you know refugees we, we take them in uh, there, there, there's to be other countries that can help out and get these refugees out and then just let them get at it. Well, but as far as I listen, my knowledge of that area isn't too hot, right? But they can't leave. 
they, 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 I think, and someone will correct, someone will know more about this than, than me. But the Palestinians can't leave. They, they, it's, oh, it, there is a blockade. But I didn't know that. Yeah, you see, that's that's the. And also, here's something, Glenn. I, do you know how big um, uh, the Gaza Strip is? No, I don't know. It's about uh, it's about 25 miles long. And yeah. five miles wide, and I think there are something like just under two million people living there. Oh, right. So it's not big. It's not big. No. And I, I guess, I guess for me, I'm looking. There's a there's a, a, a thing in the newspaper today uh, about uh, the number of kids that have been killed. And uh, Save the Children say that uh, between the eighth of July and the third of August, 373 kids were killed. That's probably that's more now. That's a few. That's a few days ago. So there's probably more. Yeah. So I get. I, but I, we can't do nothing, can we? Whatever we do in this country, we can't make it any any different. It'll just keep going on. Well, th- th- I guess there are things we could do. We uh, recently, as recent as last week, supplied more arms to Israel. So perhaps. That's just fueling the fire, though, isn't it? Even more. Yeah. We we I mean we have we've imposed sanctions on Russia. I guess we could impose sanctions on both sides. Maybe I don't know, uh, Glenn. I, I, perhaps there is. Listen, I'm going to let you go because the, the line is, is is worse than usual. Perhaps there is something that we could do. I just don't know what it is. Do we impose sanctions on Israel and Gaza? Uh, do we stop supplying weapons? That's one thing. Listen, Paul, why exactly is uh, Baroness Varsi... What, what is... Oh, I've fallen down a hole. Hang on, let me just climb out. Why has uh, Baroness Varsi uh, 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 quit? I know she's upset about some of the things going on in the Cabinet, but w- what is it exactly about the, what's ha- the, the, the government's uh, attitude towards Gaza? Well, she said in her letter yesterday that uh, Downing Street's stance on the Israeli actions uh, in the last few weeks was, quote, morally indefensible. And she said that the government wasn't doing enough to shape events... Uh, uh, but she was clear that the uh, prime minister had been sort of uh, calling for peace. But um, but that you know she, she uh, she's one of the first ministers to step down certainly mm. in this coalition government uh, over a point of principle. So uh, I mean you could argue that, and and many other conservatives have that uh, that you know she was probably on her way out anyway. Um, but she certainly feels that uh, she says that she's done everything she can okay. to to convince the colleagues to to do the same. Paul, thank you very much. Two things. Two things. Well, I think what Glenn said there was actually quite brave. He's bored of hearing about it. He's bored of hearing about it. I hadn't even considered that as a possibility. Are you bored of hearing about Gaza? Knowing that around about 400 kids have been killed, 1,800 Palestinians and 65, thereabouts, Israelis. Are you bored of it? And also, when we spoke to the rabbi, he uh, uh, said, basically, that to be against Israel's, um, uh, what they're doing, Israel's action, is anti-Semitic. What do you reckon? 08459 555 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The earlier traffic on the M25 going anti-clockwise is starting to ease up now. However, it is still looking slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and Junction 16 for the M40. And on the M40 going northbound, we're getting reports of a vehicle fire just before Junction 2 for Beaconsfield. Also on the Bedford Bypass going westbound just before the Marshallese roundabout. Reports there also of Lane 2 being blocked by a broken down van with traffic building up on the approach there. And on the A1 going southbound, it's looking heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage and also on the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood. Still got that normal heavy build-up at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, a former Foreign Office Minister, says he fears the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A public meeting takes place this evening in Luton, hosted by Friends of Palestine. A court's heard how a 19-year-old musician from Bedford died after what was described as a fast-moving, violent and savage street brawl. Isaac Stone, who performed under the name Dynamic, was punched, kicked and stabbed several times in Costin Street in in January. And the University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Stevenage chairman Phil Wallace has waded into the row between the club and the council over proposed car parking charges, claiming it could have tipped the club towards bankruptcy. Stevenage Borough Council has now withdrawn plans to charge fans to park at Fairlands Valley. More from Lee Agnew. Phil Wallace says he understands the council's financial difficulties, but says the plans would have been a financial knife into the heart of the club's future. In a statement on the club's website, the chairman says a fall in attendance would almost certainly tip the fragile financial balance between continuing and bankruptcy. He's thanked the borough council for the change of heart and has called for a meeting with them as soon as possible. Watford defender Esaid Belkalem has joined the Turkish side Trabzonspor on a year's loan. The 25-year-old played for Algeria in this summer's World Cup. Tiger Woods will be given as much time as possible to get fit for the final major of the season, the US PGA Championship, which starts tomorrow. Rory McIlroy is the favourite after his win at the British Open, so would a win signal the start of the McIlroy era? I said at the start of the year that golf was looking for someone to put their hand up and and sort of become you know one of the dominant players in the game and I felt like I had the ability to do that and it's just nice to be able to win a few tournaments and and get back to where I feel like I should be which is near the top of the world rankings and and competing in majors and you know and winning golf tournaments and in cricket's minor counties championship Buckinghamshire's Matt Rance took seven wickets as Bucks won by 32 runs away to Lincolnshire Hertfordshire lost to Cumberland by six wickets at Longmaston Bedfordshire lost by nine wickets away to Staffordshire BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at nine Text 81333 Start your message with 3CR Texts will be charged at the standard network rate BBC Three Counties Radio Oh no, I don't like texts, I don't like texts I mean, you can text in if you want, I, 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 I don't, I'm not a fan of texts Phone in, phone in is better, isn't it? Otherwise, well, I, I mean, I can sit and read texts and emails if you Are want Are you saying you just regret pressing that button? Yeah, I, I pressed the wrong one It happens Why don't you just delete that jingle? So you never never press it again. That's, a good That's idea. probably the best thing. I'll do, I will do that. Yeah. Only have ones that have your new slogan on. You mean, the, you mean this one? <laughs> <laughs> if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Yeah. Ian yes. Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've got a few. Justin has, um, Justin's been out and about. Have a listen. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Or I'll come round. Break your legs. That's not really... No. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> Morning. Princess, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Yeehaw, wahoo, do it. Right. 
The uh, spontaneity and enthusiasm uh, contained within Beds, Hearts and Bucks really is, is magical, isn't it? it? It really is. If only we could somehow connect that to the, the national grid, then we'd be sorted. We, w- we would indeed. We would. That's lovely. I think that slogan will really catch on. Oh, I think it's, I think it's getting Already. there. Already. I believe all of those people have spontaneously approached Justin wanting to record it. I'm sure they I'm have. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Now, what's on your show this morning, boss? Coming up on this morning's big phone-in, what do you think our government could do to stop the fighting in Gaza? Uh, Prime Minister David Cameron is facing criticism from MPs in beds, hearts and bucks as they don't believe that enough is being done to stop the fighting in Gaza. Dominic Grieve, MP for Beaconsfield, is on the front page of the Times this morning after he expressed concern that Israel's military action is disproportionate to the threat posed by opposition fighters. I know you've just had quite a fight going on here this morning yourself. Alistair Burt, Foreign Office Minister and MP for North East Bedfordshire, says unless we work towards a new peace deal, community feelings in the UK will become unsettled. Well, of course, already this week, Foreign Office Minister Baroness Varsi has resigned, as she believes the government's position on the conflict is morally indefensible. Locally, this evening in Luton, local people who support the Palestinian cause will meet to discuss what they want the UK government to do next. Well, none of us are experts. I'm certainly not. When I listen to all of this, I think, well, I, I, I don't know who is right and who is wrong. But surely what all of us want is for the bloodshed to end. I mean, as you just described, how many children have been killed Well, now? as of the third, uh, the third of this month, it was 373, so it will be significantly more. 1,800 Palestinians and I think 65 Israelis. It's just dreadful. All these people, all these poor people that are being killed. But what do you think our government could do to stop the fighting in Gaza? From nine this morning, we'll discuss it, we'll debate it, and I want your calls, of course, as always, on 08459 455 555. Is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio? Well, it's kind of a mixed bag. Let me just set up the stall on this show again. Although I suspect that the majority of calls we're going to get between now and nine are about Gaza, which is fine. You may have heard the uh, discussion that we had um, thirty minutes ago with. Um, let me just get their names: the rabbi and um, someone from the. Uh, let me just get their names. I want to give them the credit they deserve. Yes, we had Lindsay German didn't we, from the Stop the War Coalition, that was it. And, of course, uh, Rabbi Rafi Kaiser-Bluth from St Albans Mazorti Synagogue. Both very different opinions. So you can give us a call on that. The the, the rabbi uh, said something interesting, that it was... was, uh, I'm extrapolating ever so slightly, but I I, I think this is true to what he was saying. It's anti-Semitic to be against Israel's actions. We also had Glenn call in. He said he's bored of hearing about it. He's bored of it. I thought it was quite bright. I, I disagree with him, but it's quite brave of him to say that. 08459 555. Other things we're talking about. Killing spiders, we can talk about that. And we can um, talk about when has money ever got you out of a sticky situation. That's after Bernie Eccleston. I, I love this story so much. It's, it's like something from the day to day. It's an Armando Iannucci thing, surely. He's in court in Germany, charged with bribery. So what does he do? He kind of sidles up to the judge and says, here, if I give you 60 million quid, can we, um, can we call it quits? And the judge goes, yeah, all right, nice one. Not quite like that, but it, it, that's what it feels like. Wonderful. 08459 455 555. Right, David's in Hemel Hempstead. Morning, David. Morning, Ian. David, what would you like to say? Well, on the Gazan thing there, um, it's something that I, just as a person interested in reading about World War II, got involved in that, and then started reading about the Israeli and Arab conflicts over the years since 1948. 
So you get sort of proper background to it rather than this knee-jerk reaction to this current situation um, remotely from the whole history. And the program's too short, of course, to tell yeah, you the whole I, I don't, Listen, do you know what? I'm not, I, I don't really fancy a history lesson because yeah, we, no, could, we could it. be here talking for ages. I get the thing don't is, what, what, what happens now? And, and yeah. is, it, is it interesting you use the phrase knee-jerk reaction to what's going on? Is it a knee-jerk reaction to yeah, be... Yeah, Freyto. Which, which piece is the knee-jerk reaction? Well, I jumped on a plane last year and went to Israel for the first time yeah. and spoke to lots of Israelis. <laughs> they were lovely, friendly, peaceful people. It wasn't quite what I was expecting. And they're all, as individuals, they're all in the Israeli Defence Force. They haven't got an army. They call them up when there's trouble. Are you, are you Jewish, David? Work. Uh, half. My grandparents were Jewish Palestinians. Oh. They came from Palestine. Right, OK. After, Isra- after, after being chased out of their own country, as many Jews were, by problems. Because it was all Palestine then... And the British were the occupiers but, but, from but, the First World War. But David, you, 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 to you, you, you uh, history lesson verboten. You say that um, uh, uh, that you went there and they were all nice people. Well, yeah. well, well, well why, why would that surprise you? Why, why would you think otherwise? I'm sure there. You go anywhere in the world. You go anywhere in the world. There are some nice people and there are some nasty people. And yeah, luckily, you met the nice people. I thought they'd all be warlike, but they all just wanted peace think, and a nice time. David, why would you think they'd all be warlike? I'm surprised. I thought because they were surrounded by all these hostile countries, they would be, you know, knives in their teeth, guns in their belts, but they weren't. I'm surprised you, you, you would think that. That's not, certainly not the image that I've got of Israel. I've been to Israel. I thought they were this warlike nation, and that's the whole point. Everybody thinks Israel are the bad guys. OK, and, and bearing in mind that there is perhaps a slight bias uh, from your point of view, and I'm sure you'll deny there's a bias, uh, but, but do you not think... What you refer to a knee-jerk reaction? What, what exactly is the knee-jerk reaction that you're talking about? Uh, the invasion into Gaza by Israeli tanks. No, but you talked about our, the, the, the West's knee-jerk reaction to what is happening in Israel. What do you mean by? I'm just. What do you mean by knee-jerk reaction? The knee-jerk reaction. Maybe it's not a good expression, but because everybody sees the person who takes the military action as being the bad guy. Is it knee-jerk to be upset that 400 kids have been killed needlessly? No. no. Right. Is it knee-jerk to question why Israel are bombing um, four kids on a beach and also UN safe houses and UN schools? You keep pinning me down to the knee-jerk. Let's just say that in military well, action... That's the phrase that you used, David, that's suffer. why. In military action, civilians always suffer. So four kids on a beach, that's collateral damage. I wasn't there, you weren't there, I don't know about it. Well, we know that it happened. We know, I can tell you what happened. Four kids were bombed twice using so-called precision technology. We killed kids on a beach at Khan when we did D-Day. It happened. They weren't playing football, though, David. It happens. Okay. what about bombing? What about bombing? What we killed 12,000 people on D-Day. Nobody no com- talked about David, that. David, David. Because the, the, we didn't have, we had the media that we have today. David, no, there's no, there's, there's, there's no comparison. Let's get to you the can't... nitty-gritty. Forget trying to pin me down on knee-jerk. The nitty-gritty is people called Palestinians don't have a country called Palestine. That's the real problem. That's what can't be solved. The, the country's gone. Yeah, they were, they were booted out, weren't they? The Palestine doesn't exist. Look on your map. 
No, David, David, problem. David, I'm not, do, I'm not doing geography. I'm not doing history. What you about? Have to, because no, that's the no, nitty gritty of the problem. No, you don't. That's what's got people weighed down in this. The gardens I think. are not Palestinians. David, they're gardens. David, David, can we have a conversation? Yep. Thank you. What about the um, uh, bombing of UN safe houses and UN schools? I read about it just like you did. And the Israelis said, and you read it too, that rockets were fired from that compound. Okay, no, and you believe, you believe oh. everything that the Israeli government says to you, do you? No. But, but I don't believe everything I read in the newspapers. Well, but you just said you read that in the newspaper. Somebody down to one particular point of view well, isn't, isn't right. The real problem mm. is... Israel is now no. the area that was once Palestine. David, and that's I'm, the David problem. I'm going to let you go. I don't. I, I don't want history lessons. I don't want geography lessons. I'm trying to pin you down. Not pin you down, David. You use the phrase knee jerk. Um, a knee jerk reaction. And I th- quite big things. You know, kids being bombed on the beach. All right, that was an accident. Okay. How many UN safe houses and UN schools have been bombed? How many? How is that appropriate? Uh, The UN have come out and said that this has to stop. Or do you agree with David that, 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 yeah, they're they're just defending themselves? It's an interesting one, isn't it? 08459 455555. By the way, I don't think either side is coming out of this particularly well. Both sides are being very naughty. Both sides are are doing things and breaking truces and doing things that are inappropriate. Steve's in Dunstable. Morning, Steve. Hello, morning. Steve, you must be in a bit of a quandary. <laughs> I'm doing well here. <laughs> I couldn't be happier. <laughs> why, why couldn't you be happier, Steve? No, the I'm fact not that kids are being I, killed. Listen, I ain't going to answer that, all right? Listen, let's get down to the nitty gritty. It's the second time How that could... phrase has been used. I'm not quite sure what it means, but go on. <laughs> well, we wouldn't have half the problems if the British government and other governments around the world could stop selling arms to these people so they could stop killing each other. I mean, the British government tell me to be nice and be pleasant, not to be horrible to people, don't commit crime, be honest, be morally, all this palaver, yet they're selling arms to other countries to shoot us all. Oi, see you later. Oi, knob. <laughs> Steve, thank you. Steve, once again, making a liberal point. Let's stop. It's a good, one of the best John Denver songs you've never heard is called What Are We Making Weapons For? And that's the kind of hippie ethic that Steve's dealing with. We, sell, we should stop selling them the guns. It kind of makes sense. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to call. Uh, Richard, stay on the line. We're going to come to you after the, 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 the travel and the news. It might seem a little flippant to go straight to you after um, speaking to those two uh, callers. Is it anti-Semitic? to be against Israel. You heard Dave there put forward a very... Bu- I don't want history, I don't want geography lessons, because we could get bogged down in the whole 2,000 years ago, in, then in 1948. And uh, 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 What do we do now? And what are your thoughts on it now? 08459 555 It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news. It's a quarter to nine. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25 going anti-clockwise, it's still looking slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and Junction 16 for the M40. And on the Bedford Bypass going westbound, just before the Marshallese roundabout, Lane 2 is blocked by a broken down van, causing traffic to build up there. And on the A1 going southbound, it's still looking heavy around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And on the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, still very slow heading onto the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And also in Watford on Exchange Road on the Ring Road, it's looking quite quite heavy at the moment, just around Upton Road. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.45, Wednesday the 6th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Conservative MP for North East Bedfordshire, Alistair Burt, says he fears that the violence in Gaza will lead to increased tensions in communities here. A court's heard how a 19-year-old musician from Bedford died after what was described as a fast-moving, violent and savage street brawl. And the University of Bedfordshire has been given the go-ahead to resume recruiting international students following an investigation and a full audit. Coming up, more of your calls on, bizarrely, spiders and Gaza. The two aren't linked, I don't think. But before that, let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Of that uh, rain from earlier has moved eastwards now, and we're set to enjoy some really quite nice sunny spells as we head through the remainder of the day. We may still get one or two scattered showers around, but the ones at the moment are just passing, uh, skirting across the top of St Albans at the moment. They're going to come and go through the course of the day, but we should get some decent sunshine and it will feel nice and warm as well. We're getting up to a maximum of 24 Celsius. Any showers remaining this evening will die out. We'll get some clear spells. Countryside, we may see a bit of mist develop um, but that will clear quite quickly tomorrow morning minimum temperature not quite as muggy as last night but 15 celsius so still fairly uncomfortable for tomorrow a quieter day a drier day plenty of sunny spells can't rule out the odd shower but most of us should swerve them maximum temperature up to 24 celsius 75 degrees in fahrenheit it might feel a bit fresher tomorrow just a lovely light breeze and northerly just taking the edge off so as we head to the end of the week things turn a little uncertain we're expecting perhaps some showers for Friday afternoon, some heavy ones. Saturday, a quieter day, but some rain uh, moving through. And then Sunday, potentially some very heavy rain and some wet and windy weather. That's your forecast. Every weekday morning. My show's called The JVS Show. Nine o'clock in the morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. I deal with the consumer problems that affect people all over beds, hearts and bucks. And I said, well, I didn't come all this way to be looking at a broken down hotel. Those companies, those councils, those organisations that are letting people down. This guy turned around and said to me that they're not prepared to pay me and I said, so you're forcing me to take action. And he said, good luck and put the phone down on me. I get my teeth into them. Oh, Jonathan, I'll start crying too. We don't know what to do. Deal with them and hopefully get results for you, the consumers. And it got so convoluted, I thought there's only one person who can sort this out. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Wait up. Huh? We've been talking about spiders. Richard's from Stevenage. Morning, Richard. Morning. Let's get rid of them all, shall we? Uh, not necessarily. Oh. Uh, I, I have got a confession to make, though. Go on. Uh, I used to be a sick pervert. Why? Uh, I kept two tarantulas. Oh, mate, I don't want deviants listening to this show. <laughs> Why would you do that? Um, I think I was a good idea at the time, um, but I had to get rid of them after a couple of years uh, because I became allergic to them. Oh, really? 
Yeah, um, you get two different kinds of uh, tarantulas. You get um, old world tarantulas, which come from like, Africa. Yeah. And they're, and their um, defense mechanism is to bite straight away. Yeah. And then you get the uh, new world tarantulas, which are the ones that I had, and their first defense is to flick hairs at you. Yeah. And, and their hairs are barbed, and the barbed hairs get stuck in your paws, and they give you a, a nasty rash. Oh, mate. So I just thought that I'd give you... Uh, is it, oh, so someone's just sent me a big picture of a, of a tarantula as well. Thanks for that, you loser. Is it true if you drop a tarantula, they shatter into a million pieces? I'll have to try that one out. Please do. Let me know how it goes, Richard. Thank you. 08459 455 555 on the subject of uh, Gaza. Steve has emailed him. David, who was one of our callers about ten minutes ago, said Palestine doesn't exist because it doesn't show on his map. If you go to many Islamic countries, Israel isn't shown. The first thing Western governments should do is tell the Israelis their actions are disproportionate and unacceptable. If they feel that's anti-Semitic, then so be it. It's time they and their tiny religion is put in its place. See, that last sentence sounds a little bit... um, Aggressive to say, I'm hesitating to say anti-Semitic, I don't know. It's time they and their tiny religion is put in its place. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Akbar's in Luton. Morning, Akbar. Oh, good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, I entirely with, I entirely agree with uh, Alastair Burt's uh, feeling that uh, uh, the communities in Bedfordshire uh, and, uh, and three counties uh, are greatly disturbed uh, over what's happening in that part of the world. And um, uh, sadly, uh, these politicians, you know, when they are in office, they do nothing, and when they come out, they uh, they, they make wonderful speeches. Um, and there is another issue, uh, Ian, I'm sure you are well aware of, uh, of it, and that is uh, the issue of Kashmir, uh, which still uh, needs to... Well, hang on a bit, Akbar, Akbar, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about Kashmir now. Well, um, if I can make it part of my argument that we haven't addressed this Palestinian issue for 67 years and uh, we have ignored this uh, Kashmir issue for almost the same time. Okay, listen, Akbar, yes, Kashmir is a a whole different kettle of fish and uh, while there is certainly an issue there, let's let's not muddy the waters by by discussing that this morning. Akbar, thank you. Simon's in Bedford. Morning, Simon. Uh, Good morning, Ian. Simon, what would you like to say? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. What do you want to say? I just want to ponder this question of what... Oh, Simon's gone. So I think Paul Scoynes may have cut him off. That's another... This is my, this is my uh, book. Hang on. And, yep. That's another black mark. It's another black mark. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Should uh, you wish to give us a call? And while I've said I'm not particularly keen on uh, text, you can email me anytime you want. Don't email me pictures of spiders like some plum just did. Ian.Lee at bbc.co.uk I-A-I-N.L-E at bbc.co.uk That was Paul of Biggleswade. Yeah, thanks a lot, mate. Thanks for nothing, mate. Sent me an email saying, present for you. I clicked on it and it's a flipping picture of a tarantula. Why, 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 why would anyone do such a thing? Why, why would anyone think that that was acceptable behaviour to send that kind of picture, those kind of pictures through? The reason I was asking... Um, the previous caller. We're always told when you hold um, uh, tarantulas, you've got to oh, be very careful. They will shatter if you drop them. Really? Tough guys. The tough, tough spiders, huh? 
You hold them, and if you drop them, they shatter. Well, let's just go throwing tarantulas at the floor, shall we? As though they were eggs that we no longer wanted. Of course, I'm not saying we should do that, but I would prefer it if we did do that. Ah, oh, dearie, dearie me. Uh, let's have a look at some of your comments on Facebook. Um, uh, on, oh, look, lots of people being warned not to t- turn the radio on because we're talking about spiders. David says, you'll see more at this time of year as they are out and about looking for a mate. Remember, if we didn't have these guys, we'd be swarming with flies. I prefer flies over spiders! Uh, false widow spiders are in this country. And Laura said, God, this is so weird. I dreamt about spiders all last night and woke up thinking, how do I get rid of them? I hate them so much. Oh, there you go. Peter's in Walmart Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. Peter, what would you like to have a whinge about today? Oh, you was talking about Gaza. Yes. And uh, I believe that uh, we abstained in a vote on an investigation into war crimes. Right. Not into war crimes, but into an investigation. And we abstained. That's not in my name. When was when was this vote in investigation? Fairly this- recently in the United Nations, I, I, but, but I did read it in the mail. Oh, if you read so, it in the mail, uh, then it must be true. Yeah, well, uh, what I'm saying is uh, that is not in my name because it's just an investigation into war crimes and we abstained. Yes. And to me... That is totally alien to what I believe. Do you think that what Israel is doing at the moment uh, uh, amounts to war crimes, then? Well, I'm, I don't know. I'd be honestly, I don't know. I've been, not been there. I've, not, I've only heard what I've heard in the papers on the radio TV. Yeah. But having said that, first of all, there's been a huge blockade. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not racist. I, I came from East London when we absorbed them, the Jewish people, and they got on, we got on really well, uh, and I stood up for um, minority people all over, all the time. So I'm not racist. OK, Peter, listen, I'm sorry to cut you short. We're, just, I, I, we're running out of time, and uh, I've got to squeeze in Justin Dean. I'm going to squeeze you in, Justin. Mm, squeeze me in. Squeeze you in. Peter, thank you for your call. Sorry to the gentleman that we lost. Now, the new hero of the show, Justin, Ooh. Bernie Eccleston, <laughs> the pint-sized billionaire. Oh, what a story this He's, is. He's uh, on trial in Germany for bribery charges. He gets out of it by offering 60 million quid. Incredible. Loose change to him, loose change. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, I've taken this one to the streets. You were asking earlier on, have you ever bribed somebody or has somebody bribed you? Yes. Uh, we've got some stories here, kicking off with uh, Hannah, who used to bribe her sister because her sister found that she was a smoker. Take a listen to this. Uh, my sister found out I was smoking and obviously I didn't want my parents to know. So had to do pretty much anything I could so my parents wouldn't find out. So we weren't talking about money here. You, you were doing little things for her. Literally, like, getting her food, making her food, just anything that she wanted really? I pretty much had to do. <laughs> and how long did this go on for? Oh, about three, three, four years. Wow, as long as that? <laughs> yeah. You must have been exhausted doing all these things. It was hard work. Yeah. It was hard work. So when did your parents eventually find out that, that you were a smoker then? Um, when I came back from university, when I was 18. And how did they react? They're both smokers, so I think they knew, but yeah. they were OK about it. Was it the relief end. then, because uh, the bribing could, could officially stop? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I didn't have to worry about my sister telling anyone and everyone. Bribing is not good. It's, uh, it's unfair. There's morals as well. So you've never bribed anybody in your life? Come never. on. Never. Never. Seriously. You've I've got never. a secret in there somewhere, haven't you, sir? No, no secret. 
I'm 100% as you see me here. No secrets. Morning, boss. Can I ask you one quick question from uh, Ian Lee's Breakfast Show? You're the last person on this, OK? You look like a man from the streets. You're down with the kids. I want to know, sir, have you ever bribed somebody or have you been offered a bribe yourself? And come on, be honest. Yeah. What happened? Uh, I'm not saying. I respect the secret. What do you think about bribes, full stop? Nah. Don't like them. I don't like it, to be honest. If, if someone was to come up to me now and bribe me now to do something, I'd be like, get out. Like, yeah. I, I've, got, I've got my own life, I've got a son to look after and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Do with the money. Good stuff. That's the, uh, that's the word on the street. That's what I was looking for. Thank you very much, sir. Take care. Right. By the way, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout, yeah? Yeah, I will do. If he's got, if he's got a young lad, then mm. he could probably do the extra cash. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, let me just say, for, look, yeah. Bernie Eccleston, was, was, uh, we're not suggesting in any way that this is a bribe, the mm. £60 million. Pounds. It's no. all, apparently it's part of German's law, Germany's law. They're allowed to do mm. this. Mm. It just There's a certain hint of irony there. Absolutely. Uh, I think You must get offered um, cash... All the time uh, doing this job? No, no, but um, I have actually given somebody a bribe, I don't know, about ten years ago. There was a massive queue to get into a nightclub, and to be quite honest with you, I couldn't be bothered to queue, so I said to the bouncer, I was a little word in his ear, so I'll tell you what, if I shake your hand, give you 20 quid, but you let me in, that's exactly what happened. Justin, thank you very much. Simon, I'm really sorry we cut you off early. You've got 30 seconds. It's probably not long enough, but have a go. Thank you very much, Ian. Sorry about that. Um, I, I guess my only point is, let's just, I just want to think through the consequences of what people are saying. So if we say cut off the funding to Israel, cut off the funding to whoever, what is the consequence? And for me, the consequence is actually the fighting will carry on if they want it to carry on. If you remove some of the funding, the thing that probably gets affected most is actually the safety mechanisms to look after civilians. So in the case of Israelis, say, that means actually things like the Iron Dome, which actually save people's lives, the funding for that will stop. And all you see is just more and more people dying. Simon, I've got to cut it short, but thank you very much. I'm glad we got to hear your point in the end. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the Bedford Bypass going westbound, just approaching the Marshallese roundabout, Lane 2 is blocked by a broken down van, causing traffic to be slow there. And also on the North Orbital Road at Brickettwood, got that normal build-up heading onto the M25, Junction 21A roundabout. And in Watford, it's looking quite heavy on Lower High Street, just approaching Bushy Arches. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Emma, thank you very much indeed. Right, that's it. That's your lot from us. The discussion about Gaza continues with Jonathan Vernon-Smith, so you can carry on calling 08459 455555. I know lots of people tried to get through to us and couldn't. Right, don't forget you can download the podcast and uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Scott, you got... and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in... What do you think our government could do to 